0: And good morning, it is a Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. It will be a Would You Rather Wednesday edition as soon as I have a minute to get the scenarios posted, which, yeah, it's on me. There's, I, I want to blame somebody else because I like doing that, but uh, I can't. It's on me. I Unfortunately, was a little bit late leaving the house this morning, and so by the time I got here, I had a few things I needed to do to make sure I was ready to do the show, and then I was like, all right, I got to post the Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios. Oh, crap, I forgot to do that. I'm stupid. So I'll get them up at some point. We have a a strong start to today's show. We're going to be joined in just a minute here by Mike DeCorsi from Big Ten Network. We'll talk some Terps ahead of their uh, matchup with Minnesota tonight. Just a few games left in the regular season. What's at stake for them? And then speaking of the Terps, uh, later this hour, Shy Sellers. Oh, my God. What a game last night for the Maryland women. And they trounced Iowa at home. Holding Caitlin Clark in check and just putting together a phenomenal performance. It was one of those things where the outcome wasn't in doubt, but you still couldn't tune it, tune it out because it was just so damn entertaining. It was brilliant basketball. We'll talk to Shy Sellers about that. And uh, later on in the morning, Dan Williams, former Stevenson quarterback, now an assistant coach for the Kansas City Chiefs, will join us to talk about winning the Super Bowl. That is all on the way this morning here on GCR. Also, something a little bit different today for Would You Rather Wednesday. I'll tell you more about that. We got a very cool prize we're going to be giving away for Would You Rather Wednesday today. We will get into that a little bit later on. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. So you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Always great to catch up with our friend Mike DeCoursey, Big Ten Network, The Sporting News. Mike, good morning, man. How are you? It's been too long. Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you? Everything is great, man. I got to be honest with you. I think you and I, before the season began, we knew that this Sunday Maryland Northwestern it was going to be a huge showdown with major <laughs> we were we were talking about that in October weren't we we were saying this the, the maybe the game of the year in the Big 10 was going to be Maryland Northwestern uh, love it it's yeah, great right? we
1: knew uh it's it, it's an it, it, you know the two of us yes and of course we'll be retiring on our winnings from <laughs> uh, from all the money no I'm just kidding um it, it, it it's been an amazing uh, rise for Northwestern, I, Maryland said right away, like, we're not, we're going to be there. They, they like put the, you know, they pounded the fist on the table back in November and said, Hey, you guys better look at us because we're pretty good. Northwestern has been different because they started the season with an more or less started the season with an abysmal performance against Pitt in the ACC big 10 challenge they, I thought it would be a competitive game. And Pitt blew, came into Welsh Ryan and blew them out. And I, so it seemed like that was the trend line for Northwestern, exactly what everyone expected. And it's been exactly the opposite. They have been a mature team, a smart team, a tough team physically, a excellent defensive team, a team that's getting all league level play out of Boo Booey. It's it's been remarkable to see, and I, I was very impressed with what Kevin was able to do quickly at at Maryland to turn the the attitude in the program around so quickly into one of into one of toughness and resolve. I think there were always tough players there, uh, Dante being mo- foremost among them. He's been there for four years, and he's always been a tough player. But I think that uh, sort of a, a defeatist attitude was able to take over the program last season, and Kevin reversed that immediately and has done really well with it since, with the exception of that what, what it about three weeks funk that they went through yep. that they kind of lost their way, but they, they're back on it.
0: So I want to talk about what Kevin Willard has brought, Mike, because, by the way, when you bring up that toughness, I think Juju Reese is like the, the walking example of that, right? I mean, my God, he has shown up big in big moments this season. But I, I I feel, obviously, you know, it was a bummer. They turned around after the big win at Purdue. They lost on the road at Nebraska, but that's kind of the Big Ten this year. That's just sort of the way that it works, it, there is this feeling that's creeping in for, I think, a lot of Maryland fans. Like, boy, if this is the floor, right? If this is what you can do with, you know, no time to recruit, with what, basically what you inherited in a couple of pickups in the transfer portal, and obviously Jameer Young has proved to be a revelation from the transfer portal. If this is what you can do when you inherited a cupboard that's almost bare, very little depth, no three-point shooting, and you can do this, then, my God, what could be next? I mean, is there a, a reason for almost wild optimism from Maryland basketball fans about the direction of the program at the moment?
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm a big
1: believer in tempering expectations, but I think there is great potential there. and That's why Kevin wanted to be at Maryland. He understands what Maryland can be. Uh, with with the level of talent, I, since I was a kid watching Austin Carr play, mm-hmm. uh, from from that very beginning, uh, I, I have recognized D.C. as the capital of American basketball. New York has some pizzazz and all that, but the best players in America in general, not, not the best players, but the best group of players, the, the heaviest concentration of significant basketball talent has been the D.C. metro area for as long as I've been following the game, and that's half a century and so it, it you being in the middle of that gives you great potential and now you have a coach who has the ability to coach toughness at a high level I think you're seeing what what when, when one can do that what's possible with what's happening on the opposite coast and, and what happened in Xfinity Center back in December when yeah. UCLA came to town yeah. You're seeing when, when you can instill that level of toughness in in an area that has a high degree of player talent, that great possibilities are there. So I understand Maryland fans being excited. I I don't want them to think, OK, that means we're in the Final Four next year. But I do think that they can believe that Kevin can do significant things
0: there. Oh, no, no, no. That's the, I, I appreciate you saying that, Mike, but I assure you that's where this is trending. Like that's If, if Jameer Young decides to come back for a fifth year and the, the core of this group decides to stick around and you bring in a top 13 recruiting class, we're going to be insufferable next season. We're going to be. <laughs> like, it's going to go right back to an impossible task for Kevin Willard to make everyone happy because we lose track of reality very, very quickly, it's the way that it works here. Um, let's get back to the, the the micro, right? Let's get back to what's going on this season. We go towards the big Ten tournament, and I say this like knowing that there's no difference between me saying this about Maryland or just about anyone in that top nine, ten teams in the big ten. But there's a real chance of you doing something. I know Purdue is the team to beat by default, but, you know, Maryland just beat Purdue. Northwestern just beat Purdue. Like, they have they are by no means unbeatable. How wide open is this thing for teams that get to Chicago, maybe even for teams that have to play more than three games, maybe even beyond the top four seeds in this tournament?
1: Yeah, I think that four teams – I think the, the teams that are in the group that have to play four can win this. So we saw it before out in – your area when uh, Michigan got there and was able to do it four games in four days after some pretty harrowing circumstances with their team playing that year, they did it four games in four days. I think if I remember correctly in 18, when Michigan won it, they might have, but I'm not sure about that, but I know it's been done. Uh, And so I I think that that group can feel very confident about coming into the big 10 tournament and succeeding. I don't think it's at all restricted to just the first group, uh, the, the the double by group. Uh, in, in large part, because you know, when when you think about it, uh, that that group, that double by group, while substantial and significant, there hasn't been a huge gap in performance between that group, with the exception of Purdue, there hasn't been a huge gap in performance between that group and teams like Maryland. Uh, if Maryland should stay where where they are, or, or should wind up in that uh, in that uh, single buy group, uh, I, I think there hasn't been it, Michigan State as well. Uh, it's hard to say at this point who's going to wind up in the double buys because there's such a great concentration of teams uh, that have ballpark seven losses. There are so many teams that are in that category; it's really impossible to tell at this point who who will be in that circumstance. But I, I don't think that anybody who has to play four games. Or, or, or would be required to four, play four games, I should say, should feel like that's too much for them, that, that they can't pull it off.
0: The Right now, I saw you have Maryland as an eight-seed in the NCAA tournament. We're chatting with Mike DeCourcy here on Glenn Clark Radio, Big Ten Network, Fox Sports, and, of course, he does brackets for Fox Sports. I see you have them as an eight-seed. They do have another game w- where they could get a good victory on the schedule with Northwestern, and there is the Big Ten tournament. There's also, obviously, a couple spots here, like losing the night to Minnesota would be really, really bad, Um, I don't think it would be great if they were to lose on the road at Ohio State either, but um, what's the reality for them about how much they could move at this point, particularly given that we now know they're not going to end up coming away with a quality road win at all this season once they get to Selection Sunday?
1: Yeah, I think the Penn State game could still be uh, a solid road win for them. and Getting Ohio State would be rather important if they want to move their seed as well because you can't. You can't lose to a team that's not winning games, right? Wherever the game is played, so they could still make their numbers look a little better. I mean, right now that number, I think it's two and seven, is problematic for them, and that's one of the reasons why they're in an eight-nine game. It that and the, the the fact that they lost, even although Nebraska was not a bad loss, it was a missed opportunity. So I think that they can they can square up their numbers a little better, and then they can go. Uh, if they were able to win some games in Chicago, uh, their neutral numbers would be good because they, they start at two and one and they go there and maybe they win a couple. And so then they come out of there, no worse than four and two. And that's, that's just throwing out. uh, And I'm not limiting them to only winning two, but that, that would, that would, that would even out their numbers a little bit more so that, you know, maybe you could climb up to a seven. I don't think, I don't think they can accomplish enough to get to where the sixes are. I wouldn't totally rule it out, but they'd pretty much have to go win six in a row right now. Right. And that's a lot to ask in this league. Very few teams have done that.
0: No, That's a great point, and, and it seems like a lot. Now, that being said, again, it's not an overwhelming schedule. It's not impossible, and they've, right. they've mostly, save for the end of the Nebraska game, they've played really good basketball of late. Um, Mike, I brought it up a second ago. Jameer Young's in an interesting spot, right? Like, There's a world where... You know, I, he's not an NBA player, right? Like, he's just not. And I, I I say nothing's impossible. Of course, someone could prove their way, but he's not an NBA player without an arduous path towards the NBA over the next couple right. of years. Now we know we live in a world of NIL, and I admit I freely, I am a guy that has said forever, I don't care where you're going to play pro, if you want to go make money playing basketball, I get it. Go do it. But now you have the ability to make money while playing collegiate basketball, and it looks like Maryland could be building something kind of special. Do you feel like maybe this is a an interesting spot for someone like Jameer Young to say maybe maybe it is worth taking a fifth year, stick around, you know, could could etch my name into history at at a school that was you know right down the street from my home. Like I, I I'm starting to sell myself on the idea that it kind of makes sense for <laughs> Jameer Young to take a fifth year.
1: I think it can make sense because I think the likely the likely options for him next year are playing in a uh, in an overseas spot that is probably not Spain where the, the big money is, but probably also not where the, the lowest money is. He could probably make solid money somewhere, but he'd have to leave. Uh, there was the possibility of playing in the G League, which isn't super lucrative. Uh, the salary there, it, I would suspect, and I don't know every school's NIL situation, but I would suspect, it wouldn't be that hard for a Maryland basketball player to top what they make in the G league. So there the there. It's nice that the options now are not, not make money, make money. Now it's how much money do you make? What's the best development path? I think it probably wouldn't hurt him at all. If he could get himself invited to Chicago, whether it's through the G league camp or the main combine, whatever, I don't know what the NBA scouts would say, but I think it would be helpful for him to do that. I, I've always believed in that exercise because at, at worst, you find out what the competition is like and what the NBA wants from you. Sure. In firsthand, not just on paper, but they're, they're literally on the, you know, they have representatives of the league uh, and the G League that are out there saying, here's how you play at our level. And so I think that'd be a good exercise for him. But I I think that probably the place that he's going to find – most comfortable out of those three options is playing another year for the Turks.
0: i agree I, I mean again i and i'd say this i look i respect everybody's got their own decision to make i want to make that abundantly clear like jameer young just says hey man this is what's best for me i i can't decide that but man just looking at it from afar it really does look like that might be the best scenario um and then mike before i let you go because it's a huge story today i know you wrote about it I, this thing at alabama is it's unbelievable like i You know, Nate Oates was a guy that I thought was a rock star. Admittedly, he was a guy that when all this happened a year ago, I was, hey, I don't think he's going to leave, but you got to make the call, right? Like, you got to try to bring him to Maryland. This, This is starting to come off not just like a misstep, but almost like it's hard for me to look at the guy in any way and have a ton of respect for him as a leader, given what we've learned in the last 24 hours
1: that's the way I felt when I sat down to write that piece was that this, this, none of this was handled well, none of it. And the, the, from, from the moment things started happening on the evening, uh, slash morning back in mid January, uh, to right up until yesterday, when there was a court, there was a court hearing uh, relative to the two uh, men who were arrested and, and NATOs was asked about, uh, the the uh, the uh, whether he was comfortable with the presence of Brandon Miller in that area when it happened, and it, the way he the way he handled the question was an absolute failure, and it suggested that the way he handled the aftermath of this circumstance was as well. I, I I've had people complain about my column that. I'm not holding the player enough accountable, but how am I not holding the player enough accountable when I am asking the person who's empowered, uh, to guide his basketball career at the moment to, to exert some discipline on that player. Uh, that's, I I think that's the definition of, of asking for accountability and the, the coach who is in charge of that player and another who was also in that area at the time. Uh, The coach has not exerted any discipline on those two players who remain on the team. I I didn't look up the second player, but I know that uh, Brandon Miller has played in every game that Alabama has played this season. Uh, So I I don't see this being taken as seriously, this circumstance. And you you need to read the column to know everything that happened and you need to, I would suggest reading AL.com's recount of the hearing to understand what was said in the hearing about everything that happened that night. But at the end of the day, you have a, 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 a then Alabama basketball player, uh, Darius miles since, since dismissed from the program who was charged with murder in this, in this circumstance, you have a young woman who had a full life ahead of her only 23 years old now gone, uh, who had a child yes. as well. Yes. And, and you have her gone and now you have, you know, and, and and you have uh Nate Oates talking about how the player who, according to police, transported the weapon to the to the scene of the of, of the shooting, um facing no punishment at all. I I I, I really have a hard time with or, that. Or even
0: just a pause or even just a a timeout to make sure so that the public can be comfortable with the idea, like to say that he was in the wrong place at the wrong time, like well, he brought a gun. Like, but what are you talking about? Is there some sort of perhaps extraordinary explanation? I, I guess, but maybe make sure that can be provided before you just run the dude back out on the floor.
1: Right. I don't know what explanation. Yes,
0: I'm with you, Mike. They could
1: they could use to yeah. mitigate that. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't know that there is one. I think there are, there are a lot of things that when, when Brandon Miller got that text, there are a lot of ways he could have responded. And there aren't many ways that he could have responded that would have been worse than the one he chose. No question.
0: No question. I agree wholeheartedly. And I do. I think as much as you say it's on the player, I do think it comes down on Nate Oates as well. Mike, I've kept you a while. At TSN Mike, of course, on Twitter is how you follow him. When we seeing you on Big Ten Network next
1: uh, Friday at noon, uh, Big Ten Live, uh, our, our noon show that Dave Revson does every, uh, every day and that uh, I am a guest on every Friday in basketball season. Uh, so I'll be there talking brackets and a lot of other uh, – all, all the great weekend action. And then Sunday night, Big Ten Basketball and Beyond – uh, my columns at Sporting News and on my Twitter at TSN Mike.
0: Of course, previewing on Friday the game of the year this Sunday, Maryland Northwestern. Just like we all knew, Mike <laughs> DeCourcy, Always appreciate you, brother. Thank you for taking some time for us this morning.
1: Thank you, Glenn. Appreciate it.
0: Mike DeCorsi with us here on GCRs. Yeah, that's that story out of Alabama is one. It's just awful. I mean, it's atrocious. And it was awful when we heard it the first time. But then yesterday, this news that. Brandon Miller provided the gun, and Nate Oates is just like, "Hey, you know, we can't control what guys do outside of the practice." Like, right? Yeah. Like, what, what the f-, f are you talking I, about? I saw guy?
3: compare it. They like, "It's it's not like he got caught drinking at a party
0: or something." Correct. It,
3: it, he, yeah. I mean,
0: and maybe to say like, "Hey, man, I, sometimes there is collateral damage in these situations." Like, I, I the 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 plausible deniability part is the part where he says, "Look, man." In this country, you're allowed to have a gun, right? And maybe Brandon Miller thought he was going because somebody thought they were in trouble and he was trying to protect them, yeah. right? Like, to, to, I, it sounds extreme given what we know the result of that night to be, but it's, it is possible that Brandon Miller in his mind, like, I, I, I say it's possible. I want to make, make sure I'm emphasizing the word possible. I'm not saying likely. I'm saying possible. Even in that circumstance, you better be able to present that scenario, and perhaps in the process you should have said, maybe we still need to take a timeout because this is pretty extraordinary. To just shrug your shoulders. Get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here, man. It is absolutely a reflection on Nate Oates. There's no question in my mind. All right. Hey, gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. So, uh, as you know from the end of yesterday's show, my night last night was planned around wanting to watch Maryland, Iowa. Um, I was excited. Obviously, it's two of the top teams in the country, certainly some of the great players in the country. Caitlin Clark, Diamond Miller, and um, I would say it turned out to be a great game. It turned out to be a great game for one of the teams. It ended up being a butt kicking, and it was the type of butt kicking that was so entertaining that even when the outcome was no longer in doubt, I couldn't turn the game off because it was like watching poetry. It was such an impressive performance from the University of Maryland last night in a 96-68 victory over the number six team in the country joining us now to tell us more about that and the season that the Terps have put together she had a nice night last night double double 17 points 10 rebounds she's shy sellers and she's with us now here on GCR shy it's Glenn in Baltimore it's great to chat with you thank you for taking the time congratulations on a great year and an awesome victory last night thank
2: you and thank you for having me
0: um shy can can we be honest now in retrospect what happened out in Iowa City a couple weeks ago did that did that sit with you guys a little bit, and was that, you know, fueling you a little bit going into last night's game?
2: Yeah, definitely. I know a lot of us were upset after that game. Um, you know, a lot of us, we got back at, like, 3 or 4 in the morning, and a lot of us stayed up to watch the game back right when we got back. And so, um I, I think we used it as fuel yesterday.
0: I was going to say, what, what did you most learn? Like, what what did you guys take from that? That was, I mean, part of it was you guys were unconscious in the second quarter. You couldn't miss anything. And, uh, like, it was one of the most incredible quarters I've ever seen in my life. But what did you most learn from that first game that you knew last night was not going to happen again?
2: Clark is their motor. Um, so we figured if we took her up the pitcher, um, we, we would take Suzano out the pitcher ultimately because Clark is trying to find Sinano when she's not open. So it was kind of like a two for one situation. So we knew if we got her off her game a little bit, then we would get Sizano off her game. And obviously, we we're just trying to do heavy gaps on them, um, and it worked to our favor.
0: Uh, yeah, mission accomplished. <laughs> it was you say that it worked to your favor in a big way. Um, let's talk about that second quarter, right? Because I, I I've never seen anything like it. Like you guys couldn't do anything wrong. Is there? a moment in there where you like realize something is happening or is it all happening too fast and like you, you can't even enjoy what's going on because you're just so goal focused. Like take me through what those moments are like.
2: You know, uh, Renee had it. Brene was struggling the past few games with her shot. So we knew she was due. So, um, when we realized that she had the hot hand, we would just like, keep giving her the ball, keep giving her the ball. And, She was going unconscious, and, you know, Abby hit a few threes, I think, hit a couple. Yeah. So it was just, like, just trying to find the ball movement. And obviously, like, when your shots are falling, your defense is going to amp up too. So um, that's what we tried to do. And then, obviously, in the second half, we just tried to do that. Wouldn't stay as hot. So we just kind of made our defense feel our offense, and that's what it did.
0: I mean, it, it. my God, it was just – it was a spectacle to behold. It, it. Tell me about that because you mentioned Brene, right? By the way, it's nice to be able to bring 43 points off your bench. Like, that's a nice luxury to have in a basketball game. Um, yeah. But but tell me about those moments because I remember talking to Dime about it early in the season. When, when Do you guys identify, like, someone who's hot and say, we have to purposely get them the ball in those moments? Or – you know, is it still, hey, don't don't get away from anything if it works out that way? Like, what's that moment? like? Is it to your point, you know, she in particular was absolutely unconscious at that point in the game.
2: Um, I think just as a point guard, I know who's getting hot and who's warming up. And it's not like I'm like, all right, I'm going to run a specific play for them or like what I'm going to do. But I know that if I push the ball in transition, the teams are going to end up collapsing on me. And if Diamond's pushing it, they're going to end up collapsing on her. So the people that are... People just tend to be open, and so it's just nice that they're set and they're wide open, so I just try to find them. And obviously they get going, so I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, pushing the ball, and that's what I did in the second quarter. And Renee kept being open, so it worked out.
0: It, yeah, it worked out really well. We're chatting with Shy Sellers here on GCR. I think the the more amazing part about it on paper was that you you were doing it while Diamond was off the floor, right? Like, And, and I, I know the answer to this question is, you've got a lot of really good players. You're not a one-player team, but, and I don't know, is there something about that that maybe even lifts this team a little bit more that, like, hey, we know, even if we don't have, you know, the, the leading scorer on the floor, that we are still ever so capable of taking down the best teams in the country?
2: I just think it shows that, like, you can't just load up to Diamond anymore, like, I think that's what people thought and I think that's what Iowa tried to do is load up to Diamond and I mean me and Diamond had a great game last game so I understand their game plan about that. But I mean, now you have to really play honest. You have to play honest to everybody who can shoot. I mean our whole starting five can shoot. People off the bench can shoot. So you really have to play us honest. And if not, then like they're gonna hit their shots and we're gonna make them and if they're not hitting then we're gonna get the offensive rebound and try to make it make a different play. But I mean, you got to play
0: us honest. I mean, it's a great point, and obviously it showed. There's no question about it. I I wonder if there's something projectable about this, right? Like, you took one on the chin against Iowa, and yet you bounced back that strongly. If, let's just say hypothetically, you were to get another shot against, I don't know, South Carolina this season, do you feel like you've proven we can be a different team the second time we face someone than the first time?
2: Absolutely. I think, I think we're a number one seed team, to be honest. I mean, we have four top 10 wins. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible what we're doing. I don't think anyone thought we were going to do it with the pieces that we lost last year, but you know, Brenda just reloads. She doesn't lose this. She reloads. And um, it it's just incredible what we're doing. And I knew we could do it. And just the way that we were, And preseason in the summer, like, everyone was working out. Everyone was hanging out with each other. Just our connection with each other is just phenomenal. So, I mean, you can see that on the court and how much we enjoy playing with each other. Can
0: can you explain that a little bit more, Shy? Because what you just brought up is so significant to me. You said four top ten wins this season. You just pasted the number six team in the country last night as you're going into the postseason. You're playing great basketball. You said that there were a lot of pieces that were coming in this year and not a lot that came back. How has this happened? How have you guys been able to put it all together in a short amount of time to be clicking like this at the most important part of the season?
2: I think Coach B. did a really good job of finding what we needed. It. And I know there was a lot of conversations with me and her and Diamond just talking about what we thought fit and stuff like that. And like just like my opinion, and I was like, we don't really need to get, like, five-star people that are coming out of high school and stuff like that. Like, we just need people that are willing to do their part and do their job. And she found a phenomenal group. And even, like, if we think about Lav and Brene, like, they were starters at their last school, averaging the most points on the team. But they were willing to sacrifice and come off the bench. And even when Lav was starting, like, and then I took her spot, she was totally fine with coming off the bench. There was no – like, she wasn't crying about it. She wasn't moaning about it. She was just like, "All right, that's what you guys need me to do. I'll do my part." That's cool. And that what I think is the most selfless act of like our whole team, and that just defines our whole team of just selfless people that want to win and would do anything to win.
0: And, and again, and coming off the bench last night, man, she was she was a rock star. She was an absolute stud last night. Um, Shy, I haven't had an opportunity to chat with you, so just want to get know know you a little bit better. I think a lot of people are aware you. Very much come from a basketball family. Was it always gonna be basketball for you? Did you play anything else? Did you do you know like at what age you first dribbled a basketball and had it in mind? This is what I'm gonna do.
2: I've really played basketball like my whole life. Like, like I wouldn't be. I obviously I don't remember when I was one, but I'm sure I played when I was one. Just like <laughs> a little mini hoop in the house. <laughs> But that's that's how early I would say I started playing basketball. All my older sisters played basketball. Um, obviously, I played my sister this year at Purdue Fort Wayne. Yep. So basketball is my family. But um, I played soccer for a little bit, like when I was younger, and I was like in fourth grade, and then uh, travel basketball or fifth grade and travel basketball like AAU became a really important decision in my life, and my parents basically got to choose because. My school with travel, basketball, and soccer was just getting too much for them while having four kids. So I I picked basketball, and thank God I did because it worked out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it worked out pretty well. There's no question about that. Why Maryland, right? Like, you're not from here. You're not. what, What was it? Obviously, we know it's a program that has accomplished a lot of things, and as you pointed out a couple times, with a legendary Hall of Fame coach. But... What was it for you specifically that made you say, "Hey, that's why I want to make the trip, and that's why I want to play"? And and then I guess on top of that, why did when 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 there was an opportunity to maybe say, "Hey, this is we're, we're seeing some players leave, maybe there's not"? Why did you say, "No, I'm 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 dug in here. This is the place for me"?
2: I think one reason that I came to Maryland is just a family. Um, it's kind of funny when I came on my visit, um, I I was on a few, but like the main one where I toured the whole campus and saw the apartments and everything. Faith was actually like my host and, um, well now we're roommates. So it's kind of funny how it works out, but, um, it was just the culture and like how they brought me in and like, made me feel like family also kind of like towards the end of my, um, recruitment process. I knew I wanted to stay in the big 10, every game in the big 10 is drivable for my family. Besides probably like Nebraska and Wisconsin I would say but every other game is drivable for my family so that was a big piece and then to answer your other question of we're leaving why did I choose to stay what made this play feel like it was for me it was just I knew because we had the right idea and the right intentions and if people didn't want to be a part of that that was their personal decision and what they thought was best for them but I knew nothing she was I knew she had the right idea on what her goals were, and I was willing to stay with those goals. And, I mean, you can see (laughs) how that. Coach B knows what she's doing. I mean, 21, 21 years into this, and it's just phenomenal. So you really just have to trust the process and trust who you pick around. And then, obviously, just the offensive run and the defense. I knew this was my speed. and how it could fit into the system so that was really big
0: for me and, and then playing in front of some of the crowd. i know you know last night wasn't as jam-packed as some games have been this year but it was still an electric crowd last night um you played in front of some massive crowds at home this season can you can you tell me about what that's like being in a place where like there is genuine support and that building can be absolutely rocking when you guys are playing
2: yeah um our fans are six men. They're the best six men you can have. Um, it's just electric. I mean, the way that they get involved, the way they're excited, like, and it's just, like, women's basketball is growing. So I think that's just, like, a great sight to see and how just, like, engaged, how well they know it, how, like, they know we need energy and they know how to keep the energy for us. It's just amazing.
0: All right. Before I let you go, you hit a buzzer beater earlier this season against Purdue. How many times have you gone back and watched it since then? And I need you to be honest, shy.
2: <laughs> surprisingly, not that many. I
0: okay, okay. So you and I are very different because I would have watched it literally once an hour since <laughs>
2: then. Um, yeah. Surprisingly, not that many. It was a great shot. It went in, but um, um.
0: Yeah, more games to play. I get it. You gotta, you gotta yeah, get on not, to the next. Not, thing.
2: not my favorite. Not my favorite win.
0: <laughs> I, okay, I can understand that part. Like you're saying, you shouldn't have needed a buzzer beater to win that game.
2: Yeah, but I mean, Purdue has turned their program around. So, I mean, all credit to them and their head coach Katie. I mean, she's done a phenomenal job of flipping them around. So, I mean, that's why the Big Ten is the best conference. Honestly, I mean, see Purdue turning around, Illinois yeah. turning around, like it's amazing. And that's what. We love to see and like how you know every game is going
0: to be a battle. No, it's a it's really well said, Shy. It's really well, and by the way, when when you hit the buzzer beater in the NCAA tournament, then maybe we can watch that one for years to come. Maybe that one can be the one that we enjoy a little bit more yeah, yeah. down the road. Um, <laughs> at Cheyenne Sellers on Twitter is how you give her a follow. Uh, sh- sorry, Cheyenne Sellers three correct. That's the Twitter account. Yes. What about on Instagram? Where can everybody give you follow there? It's
2: just Cheyenne
0: Cheyenne Dot Sellers, give her a follow there. What what class are you headed to right now? I can't believe after a win like that, they're still making you go to class, (laughs) Shy.
2: Yeah, student athlete, but um, I'm going to uh, communications class. It's just um, an argumentative class.
0: Awesome, awesome, Shy! Congratulations. Uh, I can't wait to see what's ahead for you all. I know you got one more in the regular season before the postseason rolls around there is an awesome feeling congratulations on a great win and a great season look forward to what's next thank you for taking the time for us this morning thank you that's shy sellers from maryland with us here on gcr yo that was that was unbelievable last night i just couldn't take my eyes off of it it was incredible (laughs) it was absolutely incredible And I've told you before, like watching Caitlin Clark play is like a revelation. Even when Maryland lost at Iowa a few weeks ago, I couldn't stop watching that game because Caitlin Clark's nuts. And you could see last night she was still trying. Like they were, things were getting away from them, and she was like, "Yeah, I'll just launch a ball from the logo right now to see what happens." Because I got to see if there's any way to get my team back into this game, and it just wasn't happening. And it was. I mean, it was a dominant performance for Maryland last night over Iowa. What a win. Uh, Congratulations for them. They uh, wrap up the regular season on the road at Ohio State, then the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament after that. And, you know, it's still trying to get back into the argument. Thought right now that they're a two-seed. If they were to, you know, maybe get – if they were to go to the Big Ten tournament, because Indiana's now going to be the one-seed in the Big Ten tournament, so Maryland and Iowa will be two and three. Um... If they were to beat Iowa again and somehow beat Indiana, they would have, I mean, a damn strong argument at that point for um, being a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Awesome win. Awesome, awesome win last night for Maryland as they took care of business. All right, we have been flying right along. We're going to have a minute here to pause, and I need that because I need to try to get the Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios up on Facebook and Twitter. Today's show is also brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. You know you can bet on college lacrosse. I bet a lot of people didn't know that you could bet on too. Uh, this week, the uh, PLL is doing a sixes tournament down in DC that they're Ooh. airing on the ESPN networks. Um, overs, overs. I mean, I guess I don't. You know, I'm not comfortable enough with knowing that I watched. I've watched the sixes. Um, that's what Athletes Unlimited did last summer here with uh, the women in uh, Sparks, and it's what they did at the. I think it was the World Games last year, and so. That's the push to try to get lacrosse into the Olympics is to play sixes. Mm. And it is tempo and it is fast pace and all of those. And you have fewer long possessions because the shot out of bounds doesn't just go back to the, the team that's closest to the end line. It's a very fascinating brand of the sport. You can bet on that as well. So if you're a lacrosse head, this is your time. You've got all sorts of betting options. So why not make a $5 bet? and get $200 worth of free bets when you sign up with DraftKings. You've got to use the link. got to go to pressboxonline.com slash offers, click on the link, and sign up that way. Again, pressboxonline.com slash offers. When we come back in, Todd Munkin's press conference was yesterday. What did we learn? There was certainly one thing that came out during the course of the press conference that had nothing to do with Lamar Jackson that I thought was Really interesting and kind of on us that we didn't think about it ahead of time. And I don't know the way I feel about it. We'll talk about that next. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio.
5: The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age, and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always
6: Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local
7: Toyota dealer today. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers, with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. If you miss
8: anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com pressbox online, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grindr. Not that I know what's on Grindr or anything, I-, I swear! Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think.
0: Here's Glenn. Thanks to Mike DeCorsi. Thanks to Shy Sellers for joining us at the top of today's program. Stan the Fan Charles, Ross Grimsley, had a great chat with Ben McDonald earlier in the week. If you missed it, you can find it right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Click on the videos tab. You can go to youtube.com slash pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com slash video to check it out there. Coming up tomorrow night, Stan and Gary Stein will catch you up with new UMBC soccer coach Anthony Adams. All right, so Todd Munkin introduced to the media yesterday and, you know, didn't really tell us anything that's insightful regarding Lamar Jackson. In fact, uh, PressBox's own Bo Smolka did address the Jordan Schultz report, Will you were you promised? And he just kind of dodged the question altogether, didn't really give that much of an answer. I'll, I'll try to pull up the direct, make sure... <clears throat> I. I I could have Griffin just go through and pull all this audio, but I don't I don't think about it until the show starts and then it's just too much and it's it's asking a lot. So I'll just pull it up and I can read to you from the transcript what the answers were to these questions. So Bo Smolka, again PressBox Ravens, beat writer, who I, I don't know if it's already up, it might already have a dispatch up at PressBoxOnline.com asks, what did John Harbaugh and Eric DeCosta tell you about the long-term availability of quarterback Lamar Jackson? Did any uncertainty there weigh in your decision-making? Good question, Bo. Very relevant. Not the only Lamar Jackson question that was asked, but a very good question as far as, far as trying to decipher if, if we've learned anything. Todd Munkin didn't bite. First of all, I count on Eric and John. They're the best in the business. They're going to take care of anything that has has to do with any player, not just Lamar. Sure, any player that's part of a roster where you're going into, you have an interest in what that roster is going to look like. But ultimately, I wanted to be someplace where structure, organization, great on defense from top to bottom. Everybody I talked to said, you want to be a Baltimore Raven. You want to be a part of that organization moving forward. So, nothing then. Now, if you want to try to decipher everything, you might read into that answer as him, well, if he didn't say he was promised that Lamar was going to be here, that means that Lamar is going to be gone. Yeah, I mean, fine, do that all you want. But what it really is saying is I'm not answering the question. Which, as we said yesterday when we talked about what this, how this was going to go, that was always going to be the case. The Ravens had a week with Todd Munkin to prepare him for this. Whoever it was whether it was Sashi Brown, whether it was Chad Steele, whoever it was, somebody from the outside, John Harbaugh himself, I don't know, whoever it was that had his ear, prepared him for, hey, look, somebody's going to ask you, were you told, especially after the Jordan Schultz's report last week, were you told that Lamar Jackson's going to be here? When they ask, here's what you say. Oh, man, you know, that's, that's not really my area, man. I'm just really excited to be a Baltimore Raven. That's it. That's it. And Todd, maybe Todd Munkin knew that's what he should have said without having, hearing it from somebody else. And this goes back to the thing that I said about the end-of-season press conference. They're, they're just not going to be honest with you. And I I get it. Like, I do. It's disappointing. It's a bummer. I, for the sake of information, I'd rather get honest answers. But... They're thinking about the six different ways that's going to be spun. If Todd Munkin comes out and says, no, they were very clear, don't plan on having Lamar Jackson here, then Todd Munkin is announcing on behalf of the organization, Lamar's gone. And then that impacts the trade conversations they might be having with other teams. Oh, so you have to trade Lamar, huh? Because you've already decided you're moving on. That's interesting. Remember when we said three first-round picks? Maybe you gotta trade him. Maybe it's two first-round picks and a fourth. Like, that's the type of stuff that I have learned to accept and to live with. And because it's not my job, like it's Bo's job. He is the beat reporter. He's got to go do it. Because it's not my job, I just don't go any longer. I just, I, I. There's a game that's being played, and I understand that. And I'm not mad about it. I just. It's why I don't go. So there was that. And there were other Lamar-related questions. Have you talked to Lamar? No. Probably not all that surprising, considering, you know, Lamar's not under contract. I, I don't know why they would be talking to Lamar. He's This is the reality. Lamar Jackson, as of this moment, is not a Baltimore Raven. Now, we presume at some point in the next two weeks there's going to be a franchise tag placed on him that will make him tech at least – I don't know how that works. I don't know if you're technically a Baltimore Raven again until you sign. the, the I don't know. The, you get it. Uh, you know, Vinny Serrato asked about the impact of if they do tag Lamar and he doesn't show up for any of the offseason. It's one of the things we've talked about. Um, Todd Munkin, you know, tamped that down, suggested, hey, he's a football player. And somebody we had on sort of echoed those sentiments. I'm trying to remember if it was Randy Mueller. Some, somebody we've had on the last couple of weeks was like, yeah, I don't think that's that big of a deal. Whereas, like, I think the inclination is you're, you're putting an entire new offense in. You know, he could have some problems if you don't have your quarterback around, especially you, you're going to hope there's a few new wide receivers in the mix as well. Like, that could be problematic, couldn't it? Not everybody is in agreement with that, and Todd Munkin might be BSing. If you ask Todd Munkin privately, he might say, dude, I really, like, it it could be disastrous if we don't have Lamar around for the offseason and what we're trying to do. I mean, it could be a mess. It could take us a month to get things up to speed. But publicly, what's he going to say? Again, you think he's going to, boy, we're going to suck if we don't have Lamar here. We're just going to be terrible awful, unwatchable, don't buy your tickets, you know, get back to us in November. You can't say that publicly, come on. Now, the thing to me that was the most interesting is the part that kind of reflects on us. I don't know that it matters, and I think it's important that I say I don't know that it matters, but I do know it's worthy of discussion. And it was the thing that wasn't said by Todd Munkin. It was the thing that was stated before Todd Munkin took the dais by John Harbaugh. When he was introducing Todd Munkin, John Harbaugh led on with this. Quote, then it came back to Todd Munkin. It started with a call I got. Todd doesn't even know this. It started with a call that I got from my sister Joni Crean, of course, Joni Harbaugh, who married Tom Tom Crean, and former Georgia basketball coach Tom Crean. When Tom was at Georgia the last couple of years, Joni and Tom got to know Todd and his wife Terry, and they got to be friends and spent a lot of time together. Joni just tells me, You've got to talk to Todd Munkin. He's amazing. His wife's amazing. He's a great coach. We've seen what he's done here at Georgia. I got off the phone with Tom, and Tom reiterated how much he respected Todd. Now, this is a very difficult conversation to have. Because I've told you two things about the Todd Munkin hire. The first thing I told you was that I'm really confused about the process particularly given that we were to believe Eric Biennemi was in the mix, Eric Biennemi went to Washington. He didn't stay in Kansas City. And suddenly he was out of the mix for a guy that you could have had all along. It's confusing. I liked Eric Biennemi. I was intrigued by Eric Biennemi. But I don't know that Eric Biennemi is a better hire than Todd Monk. And I just know that he's... Been in a good place, and he's someone who seems quite qualified for the job. Got a couple of Super Bowls. Yes. Yeah. How you know it is very difficult. No matter how many times I talk to people, it's hard for me to parse how responsible he is or how much credit he deserves. Not just because of Andy Reid, but also simply because of the presence of Patrick Mahomes. I don't think there's anyone on the planet that believes that Eric Bieniemy would, if Sam Howell would be the quarterback in Washington next year, is going to turn Sam Howell into the most explosive quarterback in football history. Although, if he does, my God. Maybe they should never make the man a head coach. Maybe they should just make him the 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 chancellor of football. I think Todd Munkin is a good hire. I do. It's obviously, it's impressive what he's done at Georgia, and I get the college football and the NFL aren't the same, and I don't think, as I've said a million times already, you can win with a lesser quarterback, but I do think it's remarkable that they had a lesser quarterback at Georgia, and he was able to have a dynamic offense. Now, part of that helped that they had a great defense the previous year. In 2021, they had a historically great defense, and it sort of allowed them to play to that. This year, however, they didn't have a great, I mean, they had a, let's not pretend like they had a bad defense, but they didn't have a historically great defense this season. Um, and you saw, they were vulnerable, right? They were vulnerable in the semifinals. They were vulnerable a few times during the course of the season. Their, de- their offense was exceptional. Todd Munkin proved a qualified I think is the best way to say it offensive coordinator a few stops in the NFL as we've pointed out like Baker Mayfield was productive Jameis Winston was productive Ryan Fitzpatrick was very productive there's nothing about Todd Munkin that says he shouldn't be an offensive coordinator in the NFL and obviously he was in the mix for other jobs including back in Tampa where they had him once and wanted him back there's nothing about Todd Munkin that I think is a bad hire. But, and and I said this on Twitter last night, I appreciate the fact that there wasn't really a freakout from Ravens fans yesterday because the number of times I've heard about, you know, what KZ calls it, the Harbaugh World Order, the number of times I've heard about nepotism or about John just hiring his buddies and that's the way this works and, like, that's a problem. I was expecting that after this part of the press conference yesterday, this fan base was going to melt down. And I didn't see that. And in a way, I, I did appreciate that, right? Like, Because I do think it's a, like everything, it's not a black and white conversation. Todd Munkin having a relationship with John Harbaugh's sister and brother-in-law does not mean that he's not a qualified, or even perhaps the best hire that the Ravens could make for offensive coordinator. And, you know, the more you talk to people that know Todd Munkin or have been around Todd Munkin, the more excited you get about what he can bring to the Ravens' offense. So does this matter at all? I don't know. Right.
3: I mean, like, don't all coaches, you know, keep you know keep their guys around? <laughs> like? To
0: some extent, but right. you like the idea... Of we had a committee. Uh, John Harbaugh said that a committee it was led by Anthony Weaver, the you know our buddy. Uh, I love Anthony Weaver. It's it's weird now that he's like a, a part of the staff, and because he's just been a good dude that we've gotten to know for a long time, and you know now it means we can't really talk to him, and it's a bummer. Like I can't just text Anthony Weaver, which is a bummer because I really like Anthony Weaver. Um, but Anthony Weaver has the role now of assistant head coach, as well as being the Ravens' defensive line coach. And John Harbaugh says he was in charge of the committee. In a perfect world. You'd almost like it if a bunch of different minds got together and pick the guy. picked the best pick the guy yeah. that from football like this is the this is very difficult it's always very difficult, right It's difficult in every aspect of hiring. It's difficult when you think you know someone who's extraordinarily qualified for the job, but you want to find out who else might be available and if they can just blow you away and bowl you over. And there is something to be said for, man, We I don't know him at all. I don't know him from Adam, but, man, I he, we did this thing. And we dove into what he had accomplished and where he's headed in his career. And I, I, I had to. I had to hire this guy. Now, if the answer to that was somebody that we had never heard of, I'm trying to think of a, an example of this, if... If if they had gone through this entire – oh, who was it that tried to hi- – Josh McCown a few years ago as head coach. Oh, if they had yes. gone through this process and said, man, we went through this entire thing, and I just – guys, I got to tell you, the best answer is former University of Maryland quarterback Chris Turner. And we're all like, the F? We wouldn't be at any peace just because John Harbaugh was saying, well, I don't know the guy. Like, right. I just went through a process, and I asked people that were smart, and – they all told me that was the guy that I should hire, and that wouldn't make us feel more comfortable. Now, again, we would question the qualifications. That's, it has to check all the boxes. You have to be a highly qualified person that also, look, I don't know this guy at all, but my God, getting to know him, I had to hire him. You, in a perfect world, you imagine that scenario. The moment that anything smells like nepotism at all, I remember having this conversation well, once. Uh, Greg Doyle is a columnist now for the Indianapolis Star. He used to work for CBS CBSSports.com. And when the Ravens, oh, God, I guess this would have been post-Caldwell. So this, is, this would have been when they ultimately hired Kubiak. Greg Doyle, remember the Ravens were interested in Kyle Shanahan. And Greg Doyle wrote a column for CBS Sports about, how much he didn't like the idea of Kyle Shanahan getting an offensive coordinator job. And I was like, okay, let me talk to him about that, because I like Greg. I think he's a good columnist. I'm kind of jealous that Indianapolis gets to have him exclusively now. I think he's really good at taking thoughts. And he acknowledged to me that it was really just about how much he despises the concept of nepotism. He's like, I, I don't really know. Maybe Kyle Shanahan is a great fit but I just hate the idea of nepotism so much that I'd be opposed to it in every way. Now, of course, it's not nepotism here. It's not like Mike Shanahan. Yeah. Like It was nepotism in D.C., you know what I mean? It wasn't nepotism necessarily in Baltimore, although Kyle Shanahan admittedly got more opportunities at a far younger age than if he was named Kyle Davis. That person would have not been elevated to a role at such a young age. But I think at this point we all know Kyle Shanahan Pretty damn good offensive yeah. mind was pretty deserving of the opportunities that he got, and that's the weird part about this conversation. That's what makes it so difficult. I, I still think Todd Munkin's a good hire, right? I can't. I the things that I liked about Todd Munkin, I still like as much as I did when we were doing the show yesterday, but. Am I thinking about it?
3: So, like, when you talk about um, a, uh, the, you know, the, you didn't know the guy, and then you got to know him, and you needed to hire him. And right. That's the perfect scenario I'm thinking about, like Jerry Jones, and when he hired Mike McCarthy, he said, you know, he had him on his boat. Well, but what, Mike McCarthy was a Super Bowl winning
7: head
0: coach. Well, that's
3: like, you know, he, he had all the qualifications, right? Correct. And then like, Jerry Jones
0: didn't know him. You you and, you want it to be you in a perfect world. You want it to be both things, right? You want it to be that like someone's highly qualified and. There was not an obvious connection that made them the right person. Now, that being said, it's so funny because as fans, we absolutely root for other forms of nepotism. If the Ravens were in the market for a defensive coordinator this year and we found out that they wanted to hire, that they were interested in Jim Leonard, we would have been champing at the bit for the opportunity to say, Hell yeah, hire that guy. Because Jim Leonard was the great white hope for a year here in Baltimore, right? Like, for whatever reason, for a guy that was barely here, was celebrated like he was a rock star. And maybe Jim Leonard, I I guess I read somewhere, he might be in the mix for the Eagles uh, defensive coordinator job now, um, as he was not retained uh, on Wisconsin's staff. So I guess at the moment he's just looking for a gig. But insert name here, right? Like if we found out that Ed Reed was in the mix for the defensive coordinator job, we wouldn't give Ed Reed the job. We're very weird about that. We get freaked out about Zach Orr. Yeah, not the same way. Not nearly the same way. Like, Zach is a good guy, but we just didn't feel like a connection necessarily to Zach Orr. And some bizarre, I I don't know how to explain the Jim Leonard fascination in this town. It's insanity. It's almost like if Ryan Flaherty was up for the Orioles' managerial job, and this town would lose its minds. It doesn't make sense. It, It makes no sense. Ryan Flaherty... Wasn't even a good baseball player. It's not like he wasn't a great baseball player. He wasn't even a good baseball player. It was part of that back to back to back home runs one time. You, you, this is the the dumb. It's there's no way of explaining it. It makes no sense, but we're obsessed. It's just the way that it operates. And I like Ryan Flaherty. He's a good guy. Like I'm, like I I got I got killed because I said it wasn't justified that the Orioles kept him on the roster for all of 2012 because it wasn't. They were competing. They didn't. They were wasting a roster spot on a Rule Five player. In a year where they were good, that's unjustifiable. Anyway, long it was a decade ago. I don't feel like rehashing it at this point. Um, we, we root for certain forms of nepotism, or whatever you want to call it. I don't know if you would call it nepotism, because I guess you'd be hiring Jim Leonard from the outside at that point. But you understand what I mean. We root for certain things. But this, we get really antsy about what do we call the the Jeff Saturday hiring I mean that's not even I, I mean it's yeah. just insanity <laughs> like it's not qualified I mean there's just nothing there this I don't know how we describe this I don't know what we say about this I want to tell you it's utterly irrelevant I want to say that everything that you felt about Todd Munkin before you learned this is still what actually matters and I think that's true but can I tell you that it It doesn't slip my mind that at some point is this what won out? Is there some world in which other people involved in the process had a different opinion about who the best candidate was? And that ultimately because John Harbaugh is the football CEO, like because this is his staff, that they came back to him and said, Guys, I hear you. You like, you know, insert X name here. And I like him too. But you also like Munkin, right? Yeah, we like Munkin. You know, I think Munkin's my guy. I, I I can't tell you I'm not worried. I can't tell you that thought doesn't cross my mind that that ended up mattering in the ultimate decision that was made. It doesn't matter moving forward. All that matters is, is Todd Munkin a good offensive coordinator or not? That's the only thing that matters. But I, I didn't like it when I heard it. Like, it, and again, I, Again, I just didn't think about it. I just didn't in the entire week when this happened. It never crossed my mind, despite the fact that we all know that, you know, we, John Harbaugh's sister is married to Tom Crean. Like it never crossed my mind that thought process. If I said this to Rita last night, by the way, Rita's hosting on Peacock today. Um, the the Michael Holly show. There, Michael Holly, Michael Smith are out. Brother from another. She and Dawn Montgomery are hosting that show today on Peacock. So watch it um and then please beg her to still slum it with us in the future please beg her to not remember who we are and not just immediately leave us now that she's a network star all right please i'm help me out in that process a little bit but no please watch reader day on brother from another um i think they call it woman wednesday is is it's a cool it's a it's awesome and she's a regular on that show now she's just hosting it um I, i say all these things I said this to Rita last night when I shared this tweet out, and she was like, I don't remember what she said back, but I said, I really worry. I think we, what matters here is that we had a week to feel strongly about this being a good hire. And if last Tuesday, a Georgia reporter in the aftermath, in the immediate aftermath of Todd Munkin getting the job, had said, by the way, I heard Tom, Crean, Tom and Joni Crean were instrumental in pushing for Todd Munkin to get this job. I think this fan base yeah. would have been maybe not even instrumental. It doesn't have to be the word. Like yeah, just, I don't. I think there would have had to been because right now there is still some world where it's just a, a coincidence, a right? World. Like it's just a hey Todd Munkin was always going to be on our list because look he was on other teams' lists. He's won back-to-back national championships. Of course we want to talk to Todd Munkin. Like, we didn't need to have a a Harbaugh that had a personal connection in order for us to talk to Todd Munkin. So it could be somewhat coincidental. But if the word came out that it was significant, a, a notable factor in this process that led to Todd Munkin being the offensive coordinator in Baltimore, I think this fan base would have been, like, I think revolt is the word. I think this fan base would have exploded about that if that word had come out last Tuesday when the hire was made. The fact that it didn't come out until a week later and we had a week to sit down, hear from other people, see the opinions of the football world, and have most people say, I think this is a really good hire, I don't know who they would have hired from these candidates. That that wouldn't have been the response. By the way, I think that would have been the most case the response on, and and, and regularly when you talk to somebody, I, I remember when we were doing this with the Maryland basketball search last year, we'd have like Jay Billis on, and I'd want to run, and he, Jay would just admit he'd be like, "Well, I'm probably gonna tell you I like most of the names you're gonna throw out there. <laughs> There's a reason why they're in the running. You're interested in them." Yeah. <laughs> And he was like, I want, I'll talk to you about him. I'm not. I just. I don't think there's anyone that you're gonna run by me and be like, nah, that doesn't make. That doesn't Monk make it, sense, though. right? And and it's sort of the same thing, right? Like I do think that any of these guys, the Ra- if the Ravens had hired Dave Canales, I think there would be a lot of people around football who are like, dude, this guy is a, a a rising star. You found something here. If the Ravens had hired, honestly, just about anybody here. There's very rarely one of these really head. Like it's gonna be head scratching if the Broncos hire Rex Ryan. It'll be a head scratcher. Like, yeah, that's the route you're going. But still, the thing that yeah. you're doing right now, <laughs> there's absolutely still going to be people who say, it's great." yeah, but he was a hell board. of a defensive yeah. mind. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, is it weird? I, I guess. But dude's got a mind for football, man. Like, your that face that you just <laughs> made is exactly what somebody's going to say. So I, I'm not down on Todd Munkin. I don't think it's a bad hire. But I don't know how to describe it. It's going to be a thought that's going to be in my brain. Let's be honest about it. If the Ravens offense struggles next season, we're going to hear a bunch of people around town, this is what happened. I mean when when the defense struggled this Mike season, McDonald through four Mike games. McDonald yeah. immediately was, "Oh, another Harbaugh failure." Another and you now as it turns out Mike McDonald
3: pretty good. We feel much differently yeah.
0: about at the end of the season. But at a month into the year, I was trust me, getting those phone calls, "Oh, this is This is what happens when Harbaugh hires his pet project. This is what happens when you don't find a real defensive coordinator. I was getting all of it. And undoubtedly, if the Ravens' offense, even if they move on from Lamar Jackson, and we, like, if Tyler Huntley's the quarterback next year, we know they're not going to be that good. And yet, after four weeks, if they're not that good, Todd Munkin's going to be, you know, the the next, another Nepo baby. That's all it is. Just another guy that got a job because he knows a Harbaugh and this is why Harbaugh's got to go because he, you know how this is going to go. Like you understand that. I, and probably somebody would say in an introductory press conference, no matter who they had hired, John Harbaugh probably would have had some connection to them somehow, some way. John Harbaugh has been in football. His family's been in football for damn near a century at this point. Tell me who in football they could hire that wouldn't have some connection to John Harbaugh. Right now, this one's a bit more unique because it, the, the thing that we are, that we feel icky about is the family connections, right? That it's all, it's always gotta be family to family around here, right? And like you, that's the part that makes this hinky. If it was just John Harbaugh yesterday introducing Eric B enemy and, and reminding everybody, Hey, look, you know, I've known Andy Reed for forever because John Harbaugh's known Andy Reed for forever. And, Andy just told me, you have to have him. You have to do this. It would still be about a Harbaugh connection, right? But yet we feel differently about it than we do this. It doesn't feel like it's a... It's almost... This feels almost mafioso, right? Like it feels, ah, you're a friend of the family, huh? Friend, I, friend of ours. Yeah, yeah <laughs> this, this thing of ours, right? Like... I, and I don't want it to feel that way, and I'm trying to do everything in my power. I'm just... This is not me making a statement. It really isn't as much as I'm just talking through all of the feelings about this. Was this
3: at all? Could this have all been like Harbaugh's plan? Like he wanted people to, you know, kind of overreact to this and then get some talk away from Lamar Jackson? <laughs> no, stop that.
0: That's nonsense. Right. I, I honestly believe it's nothing more than John Harbaugh saying, hey, look, I think this is a I neat story. knew the guy. Sp- I think it's a yeah. neat story that I had kind of a connection and that they were friendly. Like, I think in his mind, that's what it is. I think in our minds, it's. Nefarious is the wrong I don't want to say nefarious because, again, I think Todd Munkin is a good hire and was clearly qualified for the job, as we know, because he turned down another team to take this job. But, I, I hinky there was something about that yesterday that just gave me kind of the heebie-jeebies, like the, oh, oh. Right, there is a family connection here, isn't there? Huh. Does that matter? I don't think it does. I hope it doesn't. I don't know definitively that it doesn't. And that was the feeling that I had when I was thinking through it. And, I'm, you know, that's going to exist. It's going to be in the back of our minds. It's not going to change anything. Todd Munkin's going to be the offensive coordinator. John Harbaugh's going to be the head coach. And again, I think this matters as much as whoever the quarterback ends up being. But it'll be there; it'll be filed
3: when, away. When he struggles through four weeks, he will be 100%. like, "Well, I walked uh, Joni Harbaugh's dogs like one one day of the <laughs> week." <laughs> so stop, stop.
0: It's not that. It's <laughs> unfair to Todd Munkin.
3: It's really un.
0: And I and I, I want to be careful about this. I'm not going to be that guy. I'm just saying that thought will exist. It will. It will be there, in there somewhere. All that really matters is. What does Todd Monken do with the Ravens offense? And I think there's every reason to believe that he's going to do good things with the Baltimore Ravens offense. All right. If you haven't picked up this print issue of Pressbox yet, go do it right now. At your neighborhood, Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. You can read it all at PressboxOnline.com. Gunnar Henderson is on the cover as Luke Jackson details his rise, meteoric rise within the Orioles system. Go get it right now for free. You can read it again at pressboxonline.com. I will have Would You Rather Wednesday posted by the time we come back in. We'll do that. A couple other things I wanted to touch on: get some of your responses um, to this this nepotism. I hate even saying that, man. It feels. It's, so, it's un. No, but it's unfair to Todd Munkin because right. it's he's not. I don't know what the right word is. I got I to gotta come up with something for this because it's unfair to him to say that he's a very qualified, deserving candidate. Like, he should be in this role. It's just, ah, we'll talk more about
4: it. It's Glenn Clark Radio.
0: Baseball season is finally here and what better way to celebrate than with some fresh gear from Birdland Sports. As a small business run by O's fans, Birdland Sports offers a great selection of unofficial merchandise including unique designs like birds are coming tees, player cartoon shirts, and championship prediction designs. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. Get high quality gear without breaking the bank. So whether you're heading to the ballpark or watching from home, show your love for the birds with Birdland Sports. Visit Birdland Sports today to browse their collection
6: and gear up for the season. Let's go, Os whether your focus is luxury and comfort convenience and technologically advanced connectivity or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today There's something for everyone this February at Laurel
0: Park. Come watch live horse racing every Friday through Sunday and join us on Saturday, February 18th for the Winter Stakes Spectacular featuring six stakes races and $900,000 in purses including the General George and barbara fritchie steaks the fun doesn't stop there stick around for our winter mardi gras celebration with live music delicious food and drinks and a carnival atmosphere plus don't miss out on president's day holiday racing on monday february 20th visit laurelpark.com for more info that's laurelpark.com for more see you at the track Another Orioles
8: season is in the books, and the bat around was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off season, discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and Facebook com slash pressbox sports or listen live at pressboxonline.com/slash/radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon, right here at Pressbox Sports.
5: Stan the fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows that the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steak, salad, soups, whatever is on your mind to eat in person but did you know that the costas inn has upped their game they are now one of the premier takeout places in baltimore give them a call now to order your food 410-477-1975 that's the costas inn over 4100 north point boulevard if you need more of glenn you can also hear him every sunday with rita on
0: 1057 the fan but also
8: if you need more of glenn um
0: What's wrong with you? It's a very relevant question. I, I don't, I'm not even remotely mad at uh, Paul for asking it. Hi, it is Glenn Clark Radio, Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program, and they are finally up. I'm, I'm sorry, I know I'm running late, and we're about to start talking about them, but hey, it's what it is. Deal with it. Uh, you do you. If you want to do Would You Rather Wednesday on Steve Smith, ra- actually there is a Steve Smith, I need to come up with a better fake name. If you want to do uh, uh, Would You Rather Wednesday on tom smith radio then you can put them up whenever you want to put them up got it I asked, Makes sense i asked okay. griffin to come up with some scenarios last night for a change and while he inspired some of the ultimate scenarios that were chosen oh yeah i was just trying to throw, throw ideas i'll i'll out there. I'll, 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 t- I'll talk to you about the uh, maybe even on the air i'll talk to you about it by the way still to come this morning dan williams is going to join his former stevenson quarterback yes former stevenson quarterback now a super bowl champion as he is an offensive assistant, maybe he's in line for the uh, offensive coordinator job. Who knows? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't think, but I don't know. He's got a long connection with uh, Andy Reid.
3: Oh, so what's that? Yeah, so what's know, that? Right? Is that allowed?
0: Dan Williams will join us a little bit later on. He's an assistant coach with the Chiefs, and he is a Super Bowl champion. Um, today's show also brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. Coming up this Saturday, Baltimore County Police Department hosting a hiring event. And it's covering everything. It's really a community event. It's a great opportunity for you to get out and uh, celebrate Black History Month. And if you have questions about the relationship between the community and the police, if you have been thinking about getting into the world of becoming a Baltimore County police officer, encourage you to get this Saturday to the Public Safety Building in Towson, starting at 10 a.m. It's an event that goes from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., This Saturday, 700 East Joppa Road, you can take your agility test, which, as you know, I am the greatest agiliter of them all. Mr. Agile. Mr. Uh, The Agilitist. That's your guy right here. Also, uh, if you want to go right now to TikTok, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but... um, Dunk champion as well. We had a, a bit of a a, uh, a dunk contest that's here. That's not quite how I remember it going. No, it was uh, I was uh, clearly the champion. Anyway, you go find I about don't. about that at Glenn Clark radio on TikTok. But I I did ace the agility test. I also you can take your written test as well. You can go through the entire application process on Saturday. And great opportunities. Cadet salary started over $30,000 a year. Entry-level officers over $60,000. Lateral officers, $64,000. And for entry-level and lateral officers, a $10,000 signing bonus is available. Find out more by going to joinbaltimorecountypd.com. You can also call 410-887-5542. Quickly from Joe. Joe said... I, I'm not worried about the process, but I think you're right that if I had found out about it a week ago, I would be worried about the process. I do still think that the good of Todd Monken outweighs any potential Harbaugh interference that was run during the course of the search process. I believe the Ravens have the right guy. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, like. I don't even know if it's fair to say Harbaugh interference because I don't know that he interfered as much as it was just kind of a, you know, unique circumstances. I don't know. Just makes me feel a way. That's all. Just made me feel something. That's it. And from Chris, Chris said, Glenn, I feel like you're trying to start a controvert. No, I'm not. Chris, I mean, if that's it, maybe you're new and I get it. Like we started doing the radio show a year ago. There were people that maybe showed up over here that had never listened before that don't know my shtick. I'm just not that guy. I think it's relevant and warrants a conversation i I don't think it's a controversy at all. If you listen to the every ounce of the conversation we just had, I don't know how you could possibly think that I'm suggesting that it's some sort of controversy it's It's not it's just the route they took to hire a coach and given how we have felt about John Harbaugh, you know and his control. In certain situations when it comes to hiring, certainly given how there were people that believed that it was John Harbaugh alone who wanted to keep Greg Roman around, I'm surprised that there wasn't more backlash to it. I'm pleased that there wasn't more backlash to it. I do think it's at least worthy of a conversation. Here's my promise. We're not going to be talking about this still, unless it comes up somehow. It's not going to be something that's still going to be talking about. It just so happened to be that we learned about it yesterday, and this is the first show that I've done since then, and it's a warranted topic today. I doubt strongly it'll be a warranted topic tomorrow, unless there's some new element that we were to learn about. I doubt strongly. Now, it might come up talking to someone else, like when Stan's here on Friday, maybe because it's the first time I talk to him about it, it comes up. or If Drew was here... What the hell is Drew, by the way? What's going on? with
3: Uh, that? he declined to say. It was. Yeah, I, I got I'm some. Making questions more, of, I'm making it more mysterious. I there, got I some questions about you that. Said he couldn't
0: Very, very interested. All right, uh, let's get into Would You Rather Wednesday for today. Again, we're going to be doing this before we uh, get most of your responses. I understand that because we're just getting them up now. Uh, facebookcom slash Radio at Glen Clark Radio on Twitter. Would you rather number one? Would you rather? By the way, I need to tell you about this. What am I doing? Would You Rather Wednesday is now brought to you by Birdland Sports because this is very cool. Birdland Sports started by our friend Josh Soroka to provide high-quality, cool baseball O's gear, player shirts, themed shirts, fun stuff at lower costs than what you have to pay somewhere else. Josh Shroka has decided that whoever we pick as the winner is just getting hooked up with the T-shirt of their choice. Any T-shirt that they have at birdlandsports.com. And if you go right now to birdlandsports.com, you're going to see so many. The Hillbilly Hay shirt is very popular. The Maverick Gunnar Henderson T-shirt is really popular. The uh, the 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 Omar style uh, Orioles are coming with the bird is very next popular. Tampa. Next Tampa, the next Tampa. If you've decided to get on board with after you heard David Samson yesterday, you're like, man, I'm on board with the next Tampa. That shirt's available. Uh, I like the Thank God I'm a Country Bird t-shirt. There are so many awesome t-shirts. A- any one of them can be yours. Well, you can go to birdlandsports.com and buy it. Like you could just do that, and I would encourage you to because you'll get it in time for opening day. But someone who participates in Would You Rather Wednesday at random is going to be hooked up with a free T-shirt of their choice. Pretty good deal, right? Pretty awesome. Again, birdlandsports.com is the website for you to check out what they have available. Now, with that said, would you rather, number one, would you rather, the Ravens, indeed, I'm sorry, are going to trade away Lamar Jackson what? in either what? one of these scenarios. What are you? This is the question? In number one, they trade him. And replace him with A.R., Aaron Rodgers. They trade back a couple picks. They get Aaron Rodgers. In number two, they replace him with A.R., drafting Anthony Richardson, which they don't have to trade any picks for, obviously. So A.R. or A.R. As Lamar Jackson. Wait, wait. I'm going to roll him out. Then we'll talk about him, all right? Number two, a baseball genie. Love baseball genie. I do love baseball genie. (laughs) I don't know if he's the same as the football genie, but number two, baseball genie has offered you a deal. The Baltimore Orioles will reach a World Series in the next five years. He's not going to promise you how that World Series plays out. You don't get a promise that they're going to win the World Series, but he's going to promise you that the Baltimore Orioles will reach a World Series in the next five years. Right. But both Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson will be gone by the time their team control runs out or he's going to promise you that both Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson will both be here for a decade, but there is no promise of whether or not they will reach a world series while they're here.
3: Gotcha. They're definitely going after five in the first.
0: They're gone. I mean, it's, it's, it's staggered obviously because Adley right, started right. They're like, gone after team control okay. right when their team control is up they're gone by then so it might be that they leave then as a free agent they've been traded beforehand whatever pre- you would hope we don't Manny Machado this and uh,
3: you get nothing in you, return
0: I mean somebody from the Manny Machado deal has ended up working out that yeah, we did, sure. uh, who uh, Dean Kramer Dean right Dean exactly Cramer, yeah. right like the, Dean Kramer proved to be the prize the Manny Machado trade the you know, Diaz isn't gone yet. He, no, he is, isn't he? Is he? Did yeah, they I think finally the Dodgers give up on it? They back. finally gave up on it. Yeah. Right. The Dodgers, I think that's, the Dodgers, like, that's how much I stopped paying <laughs> attention at some point. And number three, would you rather? I don't know if you. Did you see the pictures going around this week of uh, Giselle at uh, Carnival down in Brazil? No, I did not. Oh, boy. Giselle is uh, maybe ready to announce to everybody that she is very much on the market. Giselle looks great. So, would you rather? You're not. You're, understand, you're single. Don't know why you're single. Don't know what happened. I'm sorry, but you're single. It's very important. You're single. Would you rather find out? I don't know why, but I thought you're
3: like specifically talking to me for a second. I no, 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 no. Yeah, everybody, up, really, I everybody. Yes, to yes.
0: That. Royal We Giselle wants to date you, or you get a t- call from Tom Brady and he wants you to be his business partner, or he wants to date you. No, no I'm not kidding about that. Although I. I mean, I would have to at least think about it. I'd have to think about it. I'm not going to lie. I'd have to consider, well, you know, that might be just fine. Giselle wants to date you, or Tom Brady wants you to be his business partner. All right? Those are the two scenarios. Those are the three scenarios for Would You Rather Wednesday. Brought to you by Birdland Sports, and they are up at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio for you to get your responses in. Number one. Would you rather the Ravens are moving on from Lamar Jackson. They trade some of the picks they get back for Lamar in order to land Aaron Rodgers, AR, or they don't trade any of those picks and they use a pick on Anthony Richardson, AR. Man, I
3: mean I, I obviously the long-term a more long-term solution is going with a draft pick. We have no clue. I mean, you have no clue with any of the any of the rookie quarterbacks. We have no clue with Anthony Richardson. I feel like, because I want to say the Ravens are... In a, I mean, the Ravens are always in a good window because like, they always compete. But I feel like they're in a really good window right now. The defense should be just as good. I, I don't know if I want to say that. But they should be really, really good again. It seems like they know that they need to go get a receiver. Um... And if you give Aaron Rodgers a DeAndre Hopkins or a Mike Evans or even, you know, some rookie in the second round, I guess, you know, you think that would be really good, along with a healthy Rashad Bateman. Mm hmm. I think I would say in that scenario, I'd you rather have, to, have. You have
0: to go to the stopgap route and take Aaron Rodgers. This is yeah. the very awkward part I for me. I have to me, go right? Colts. I have to go Indianapolis Colts. Because, because this speaks to my thing that, like, did, But then I, Aaron Rodgers is getting paid $50 million, right? right? Uh, yes, presumably. So. <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you have just done that so. for Lamar, right? Because it's yeah. the principle of the words fully guaranteed, yeah. which, as I keep trying to say, imagine losing your quarterback over some words, not over the actual money, because Lamar's going to get all the money over some words can only do this so many times it's infuriating um anyway the moral of the story being i am struggling with this because i've said i don't want a bridge quarterback if you're moving on from lamar jackson it's to draft your next quarterback i don't really want that to be anthony richardson either so how do i handle this and aaron Rodgers is a bridge quarterback but he ain't Derek carr right like even at his older age you still think there is a higher level for Aaron Rodgers than there is for Derek Carr. So, what do you do with all of those things? I still think you have to draft your quarterback. I still think you can't be going this way. I don't know. They man. can draft Hedden Hooker in the third. Right? I I is understand, I mean? but we're not presenting that scenario. We're <laughs> presenting the scenario where they take Anthony Richardson. That's I get what you're saying is if, they, they, yeah, if go they, they go the Aaron Rodgers route. I I hear you. I, now I gotta stop.
3: Ya. Start mapping this out. See how we can bring in Aaron Rodgers.
0: All right. Um. Some. We are getting a few responses in quickly. Brian Reynolds says, "Give me Rodgers." Uh, our buddy Josh Shroka from Birdland Sports checks in. Aaron Rodgers. I'll always take proven over unproven. Um. Sean Rodgers Super Bowl this year or bust. And Anthony Richardson is a bust. Um. I hear you. And I mean- from uh from. Tony Tony says, oh, I hate everything about this. Somebody else got in with that was like, is there a third? Sn- no, it's a game. Trust me. I know. I don't want to lose Lamar either. Uh, but Tony says, I guess ultimately between the two, I have to default to Aaron Rodgers because he's Aaron Rodgers. Do you think this, how much does this change if he put Will Levis or? It would change it for sure if it was one of yeah. the three top guys. If it was one of the three top guys, and Will Levis would be the third of those three. Mm-hmm. If it was Stroud or Young, I think it would almost be Almost definitely. Not 100% yeah. by any stretch of the imagination because it's still Aaron Rodgers on the flip side. But I think it would lean significantly towards giving the me one of the top, top two yeah. guys, the guy that you're building around. That, to me, is what you're supposed to do when you're in the market for a quarterback. Uh, number two, again, football or baseball genie. Hell, it could be a football genie that offers it. I, just dabbling, right? I don't know. Baseball genie has offered you a deal. Next five years, the Orioles are reaching a World Series again, reaching a World Series. But Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson are gone by the time their team control runs up, or you get those guys for a decade, a decade with no guarantee of what they're going to win in the process. Man,
3: that's uh, this that that one's really tough. I f- man, I mean, it y- is, isn't it? So you're saying before my 27th birthday, and no, I guess I'd be 26. Uh, the Orioles will be in a World Series by my 27th birthday. I, mean, I guess they could be that year. Um, and then, which would be really cool. That's why. I, that's why I, I mentioned that. <laughs> Who cares? I do. If I if do. It mean, it's, it's my would you rather. But why does it
0: matter that it's by your 27th birthday? Because like, why be, is, because I don't know. Took, what you is know, for a long time? It seemed like
3: they're never. I understand ever.
0: that, but what is significant about 27? <laughs> If I told you it was 29, would it make a difference? Well, because I'm going to
3: live to be 100, so if, you know. Jesus Christ. Just get to the four, the get you know, about it. a quarter of my we life. We got a guest coming up here in a little bit. Get yeah. to it. Um, and I really, yeah, I mean, I really want to get to the World Series. But, I I mean, I, whatever happens, happens, but these guys are here for 10 years. And I think they should be really, really good. Everyone thinks they should be really, really good. Uh-huh. So, I think I'll say, uh, take, give me the two stars. Okay. For 10 years. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. Could be 10 World Series. Um,
0: That's probably kind of. Adit makes a point that's similar. He says non guarantees can be anywhere from 0 to 95% chance that it will happen at least once in those 10 years. Odds are increased with those two. So give me Adley and Gunner for a decade. Meanwhile, Joe says easily World Series. You can take the entire farm system for that. I feel like you would feel differently about that if they lost that World Series. Yeah. I, I, would I agree? And it's one of, one of the scenarios that you presented as a hypothetical involved them winning a World Series. I, I give you my foot for the Orioles to win a World Series. Right. There's, there's nothing. There, you can't come up with a scenario on the flip side that compares to winning a World Series. But you don't get that promise. You only get they're in the World Series. Would you have felt so good about this if you get there and they lose? <sighs> that's what makes it compelling. That's what makes it interesting. Josh Rocha, give me a World Series. Uh, take whoever you want. All I want is a World Series. Uh, Sean, Gunner and Adley are nice, but flags fly forever. Give me the World Series. Again, you, I, I hope you guys are catching what I, I said. It wants the AL pennant. It's <laughs> not a promise of winning the World Series. The result is not guaranteed. It's just that you're going to get there. Maybe the argument you know, American League pennant is better than... I, by the way, the answer for me is the World Series one because you have a chance. Like, I'm guaranteed the chance to win a World Series. I will take that in a heartbeat and live with the the ramifications of that. Give me the chance that I'm going to win a World Series. And I know your argument will well, you're going to have a chance. I got to see more of this. Like, right now, am I comfortable that even with Gunnar Henderson and Natalie Rutschman for the next decade, the Orioles are going to win a World Series? Yeah. No, I'm not. Because they're saying they're not going to spend money. Like, I'm not comfortable. So, in the one scenario where I'm promised the chance... I gotta take that. I gotta take that in that process, and then number three, would you rather don't know why? Can't tell you, but you get a phone call today. She's feeling good. <sighs> Giselle Bündchen wants to date you, or you get a phone call today from Tom Brady. he says, "Hey, dog, we'd we'll kind of like to bring you on as a business partner, which would you rather? um mm, I think
3: uh I think it's pretty obvious that, because Giselle's uh, what, her net worth is big, higher than Brady's, so I can just become a business partner with her, right? Mm, all you know is that she wants to date you. You don't know anything else. So I can do multiple forms of business.
0: All you know <sighs> is she wants to date
3: you. That's it. There'd still be a lot of perks that come with that, so uh, I think I would date
0: Giselle. I mean, this is the <laughs> ultimate problem, right? Is I think from a financial standpoint, the smarter move is to be Tom Brady's business partner, right? Because Tom Brady's quite wealthy, and what he does matters. Things along those lines, like. And whereas, if you just date Giselle in two weeks, she could be like, "Right, you're an idiot," and I could be dating Channing Tatum. I could be dating whoever the f I. I don't even know who's like the hot young Jack Harlow. Paul I Rudd, be- yeah, the yeah hot young. young guy, right? It's <laughs> Paul Rudd. I. By the way, Jonathan how, Majors. How lucky we would we be? Yeah, I could be dating Jonathan Majors next week. Why am I doing this? Giselle could toss you to the trash in two weeks whereas if you're a business partner that's going to involve you getting a bit of a golden parachute should you be forced out at some point like you're going to have a contract that allows you to do it so from a business standpoint the right move Build some connections with Tom Brady then on the flip side do you believe that you're just such a charmer that you can wow Giselle Boonshin while you're dating her and end up being coming Mr. Boonshin and then you know life is good for the rest of your life oh you'd be taking her name I I promise you you'd be taking her name (laughs) There is no world in which she's becoming Giselle Bass. That's not happening. That's what makes this very difficult, man. Uh, I'll get to more of your responses to these here in a minute. Uh, Continue to get them in. We're starting to get this picked up a little bit. Somebody is getting hooked up with a free T-shirt from our friends at Birdland Sports. Again, birdlandsports.com is the website for you to find out more, to get your awesome gear, incredible cool shirts, uh, celebrating your favorite players, your favorite team. Uh, If you're an O's fan, you should be checking out birdlandsports.com. We come back in. We're going to catch up with a former Stevenson University Mustang who's now a Super Bowl champion, Chiefs assistant coach, and former Stevenson quarterback Dan Williams joins us next. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio.
7: with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent.
5: The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age, and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com.
0: There's something for everyone this February at Laurel Park. Come watch live horse racing every Friday through Sunday and join us on Saturday, February 18th for the Winter Stakes Spectacular featuring six stakes races and $900,000 in purses, including the General George and Barbara Fritchie Steaks. The fun doesn't stop there. Stick around for our winter Mardi Gras celebration with live music, delicious food and drinks, and a carnival atmosphere. Plus, don't miss out on President's Day Holiday Racing on Monday, February 20th. Visit laurelpark.com for more info. That's laurelpark.com for more. See you at the track.
6: That first sip. That first bite. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night.
5: 100 North Point Boulevard. Check out
8: PressboxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn.
0: And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along in this Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the show. Continue to get me your sponsors at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio, so you can get hooked up with that free t shirt from Birdlandsports.com. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Speaking of hookups, man, they've got you hooked up with all of the best deals for getting into sports betting here in the state of Maryland. If you have maybe signed up with one particular company, but you haven't signed up with others, you got the, you're got you leaving free money on the table. You're leaving free bets on the table. It's Caesar. You can bet as little as $20 and get a $100 bet credit with BetMGM, up to one thousand dollars paid back in bonuses if your first bet doesn't win. Points bets offering five second chance bets up to fifty dollars each. All available at pressboxonline.com/offers, and they won't be available for forever. So get signed up now. Again, pressboxonline.com/offers. Um, it's not. This is very unique for me because it's not every day you get to talk to somebody whose games you called that's now a Super Bowl champion. It has happened in the past, of course, uh, Jake Funk. There have been some other guys who games I have called that have gone on to become Super Bowl champions, uh, but it's really exciting for me. You guys know I am the uh, play-by-play voice at Stevenson University. I have loved being a part of that program for a decade now and got to watch this dude put up historic numbers during his playing career And he then transitioned into a role as a coach and is now a Super Bowl champion again as an offensive assistant for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a pleasure for me to welcome to the program Coach Dan Williams, who's with us now here on GCR. Dan, it's Glenn back in Baltimore. It is so great to catch up with you, man. Thank you for taking the time, and congratulations.
9: Not a problem. I appreciate it. It's been, it's been a little while, but it's good to hear back from
0: you. Dude, it's great to hear your voice. I mean, you've been killing it, man. Like, you have just <laughs> been I, – I, I, let, me, let, me st- let me go take a step back, right? I, um, I knew, obviously, you came from a football family when you were playing at Stevenson. Did you know then that coaching was the path that you were going to want to take and and, frankly, take really quickly? Like, did you always have that in mind? Hey, I'm going to play – but I'm doing this because I know what my path is going to be.
9: No, you know, when I went to Stevenson, I majored in communications, and I was always about just getting my degree and finishing up my career and enjoying as much time as I possibly could. But once that I got hurt at Stevenson, um, my offensive corner at the time, Ryan Larson, told me to, hey, stick around the program, stick around our young guys, just be as much of an ass as you possibly can. And it was at that point in time my sophomore year where – Coaching really kind of came to me as a possible profession because I was really enjoying giving back to the game, not just as a player.
0: Did you? Okay, so you, like, do you talk to anybody? Again, I mentioned you come from a coaching family, right? Do, do you? Yeah. Do you yeah. have to talk about that and be like, run it by? You know, obviously, a lot of people, right? Because <laughs> your dad knows a lot of people. Yeah, or Knew a lot of yeah. people. Like, yeah, do you do you start uh, running that I, by I think people?
9: the beginning. Yeah. At the beginning, my dad was like, are you sure? Like, there's a lot of hours into this. There's a lot of commitment. Um, You're going to be with your family a lot. But he was like, if you want it, we'll make it happen. We'll make the calls. We'll make the necessary adjustments and figure out the best possible spot for you. So once I decided, I think there in 2017 for sure that I was going to be a coach, uh, we started making calls. We called Coach Peterson at the time, Coach Harbaugh, Coach Reed. Coach Nagy, who was in Chicago at the time, and just like, hey, let him know, like, I got a couple years left, but I would love to get into coaching if any possible opportunity came about in the future. And that's where it really started at.
0: Wow! I, but, and, and look where you are now. Like Look how quickly that worked out, man. It's, it's, <laughs> did he? Did your dad ever try to talk you out of it? Did he ever try to say, like, hey, man, I, I, I know, but let me tell you why you shouldn't do this. Was there ever a moment like that? It's...
9: He, he just, he just laid out the details as to, hey, look, this is what's going what's gonna be like. This is how much time you're going to miss. These are the benefits that you'll get from coaching. I mean, it's the NFL. If that's where I ended up landing, Mm -hmm. it's a great time to be in the NFL because of the amount of popularity that's been going on and things can rise quickly for you. So he kind of laid out both the pros and cons for me. But at the end of the day, he allowed to be my decision. And my mom was fully on board, too, That's which cool. helped the
0: ton. That's cool. And obviously, he got the benefit of being in the same city. for Not everybody gets to do that <laughs> in this process. Usually, no, you, don't, not at all. Right, you don't spend 20 years with the same team uh, when you're working as a football yeah. coach. So uh, it, it certainly went a long way. Dan Williams is with us here on GCR. Um, Dan, with that said, did, did you have a prior connection, like yourself personally, with any, uh, with Andy Reid, with any of these guys that your father had been around, did you know them well enough that you were, like, comfortable on the phone when these opportunities first started coming your way?
9: Yeah, you know, Coach Reed had been in my life since I was about two and a half, three years old there yeah. when he got in the Philly in 1990, uh, 1999, his first season. So he's known me since I was a child. So to me, he was always like an uncle, just like when you see Coach Reed, say hello and he would say, say hello back. And, like, I've known his kids my entire life. So when it came time for that the communication to happen with about a possible job, it never felt like I was necessarily interviewing, hmm. but I was just making a connection with an old friend, an old friend of my dad's. Um And I think that is what really allowed it to make way into a possible internship and then a the coaching position.
0: That's awesome, man. Is he By the way, I know it's now a different role because, like, you know, you're working for him, right? But, like, is he as good of a yeah. dude as he comes – like, he comes off – like the most likable dude, maybe in the history of football. Like we're almost there's a hell of a coach in Baltimore. Obviously, I don't want to take anything away from John Harbaugh, but there's almost an amount no of doubt, jealousy no because he just every time that damn commercial comes on and he says, "I'm going to get to the bottom of this," <laughs> I I slap my knee because I like it so much. <laughs> What's it like working with him and having him as a boss? And is he as likable in that role as he comes across to all of us in the game of football?
9: Absolutely. He's one of the most genuine dudes that I've ever met, both football and not. Um, I think the fact that he brings a culture to the workplace that is about honesty and about the preparation and the details. So you know what you're getting day in and day out. There's no surprises. You know what's going to be expected of you. And he's not afraid to get on you if things aren't going great, but he's going to love you up when you are doing a good job because he's all about a family atmosphere, whether it's the players, the coaches, the training staff, equipment, equipment, we're all a big family in Kansas city. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why he's had so much success. It's because of the culture he's established.
0: That's really cool, man. Was there, was there anyone in your life that it was a bit awkward that this one was against the Eagles? Was there anyone (laughs) that was like, Dan, I love you. Like, understand you're my guy, but I can't even pretend I am going to be rooting for you on Sunday. There's no way in hell I'm going to be doing that. Yeah.
9: I mean, uh, all my childhood friends are still Eagles fans. (laughs) My, My wife, uh grew up in, in New TikTokville with me. So all of her and her family are still Eagles fans. I mean she's transitioned now because she's been here with right. me. but everybody back home was still
7: yeah.
9: uh bleeding bleeding green for sure. And uh I I would say the main people who were fully in red was just my immediate family, my mom, my dad and my siblings. Uh, but everybody else still had a little Eagle Eagles gear holding on to it for
0: Sunday. I, so. I was gonna say, was there like, was there any begrudgingness to it? Like, could you could you sense that even amongst your immediate family members, some of them were like, "Yeah, but like honestly, we we're gonna be really happy if that goes the other way too." <laughs> no, <any of that?
9: laughs> nah, they, they were all they were all, uh, they were uh, all, all for the Chiefs. I uh, would uh, just said a lot of my boys back home were like, "Hey, damn, like we love you."
0: But okay? What was the most lose today? We'd appreciate that, it. right. What was the most <laughs> begrudging congratulations? Did you get a text? That was like the most begrudging, congratulatory, I know you don't mean this text after the Super Bowl was <laughs> over. I would say
9: at, after the game, everybody was very happy and okay. very cheerful for me. Okay. Um, it was just before the game is when, when you could sense the the hate and disrespect, if you will. Did
0: you? I'm assuming you also grew up as a big Eagles fan, right? Like, I mean, your dad was there. Yeah. You were yeah. living yeah. right there. Like, I, I have to assume I it mean, was kind of in your blood, wasn't it? It's... Yeah,
9: I was there in – in 02, 03, 04, when they went to those title games and lost, I was there at the Super Bowl in 05, February 05, and then I was there at the parade. Uh, my parents were on the float in 2017 after they won it all. Wow. So, it, it's been through and through for my family and I, um, because like you said, not every coach gets to stay in one place for right. 20 plus years. Oh, no,
3: so it's incredible. So, it, it's
9: been all I knew until I got to Kansas City.
0: Dan uh, Dan Williams is with us, former Stevenson quarterback, offensive assistant for the Kansas City Chiefs, Chiefs Super Bowl champion. Again, I talk for a living, Dan, as you know. <laughs> uh, the, the decision for you to come to Stevenson, which was still a program very much in its infancy at that point, and the impact that being there I, – I, you know, I'm sure as a coach there are times where you do something and you're like, oh, God, that, I do that because I saw Hoddle do it for a couple years, right? Like I – I'm sure those things <laughs> yeah. come up. The impact and of the time that you spent at Stevenson and making that decision to come to such a young program, how do you carry that with you now in your coaching career?
9: Yeah, you know, I, I give a lot of thanks to Coach Hoddle for recruiting me uh, out of Sickleville, in Jersey, out of Tennessee High School. And his biggest thing during the recruitment process was we're not going to guarantee you anything, but if you come here, you'll have a chance to compete. And that's all I ever wanted. And, I think once we got there and once we got the ball rolling with my recruiting class and some of my uh, former teammates, I think one of his biggest go-tos was that winning is hard. And I always find myself thinking about that in the fourth quarter when we're up by 10 yeah. and it's close. And yeah. It's like, ah, I feel like, we, I feel like we got a good scheme, got, got a lot of talent, but like this is difficult. And I think that's something that always sticks with me is that winning is hard and you have to do the details, the little things just to make it work.
0: That's a great point, man. Like, and you guys went through that, right? It wasn't easy, obviously, during those years. No, well, no. Did, did that like in a way? Do you feel like the challenge of coming to a program that was still newer, and you were really very much I don't want to say responsible, but but part of the reason why Stevenson got on the map at in that level at the D three level and Mac Commonwealth football, Mac football, um, is is because you were there and guiding a, a, and all of that. Do you feel like the challenge of that? helped prepare you for taking this next step in your career
9: oh without a doubt i think it gives me a fundamental level of understanding one what it takes to win football games and two that your roots are who what makes you who you are and i will never forget those days of 6 a.m workouts with the the boys and 6 a.m on the field in the spring during spring ball and we didn't have pads because now that I'm in the NFL, you get a lot more of the glitz and the glamour. But yeah. back there at D three, it's not as not as uh, highlighted. So. I would say that you never forget about those days, and you you cherish the moments you have now as a, as an NFL coach because it's not always like this.
0: Man, that's a great point, right? Like it's you, you you've been through it. <laughs> like you they they didn't. Yeah. I don't think the catering was quite as good after road games <laughs> at Kings College as it was at the Super Bowl.
7: <laughs>
9: Man, I think it was just pretty much yeah, pizza. Definitely many fans here.
7: Yeah, right.
0: Like, did you ever have a post game meal that wasn't pizza while you were at Stevenson?
9: Uh, we had a couple that were catered by by our our uh, one of our uh, players' parents.
0: Okay. Yeah. Those, all right. They would, no, Yeah. Sure. That was too extravagant. Right. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. It's what it was. Um. Uh, Dan, the to have the to the word Super Bowl champion. I know. You, obviously, you were part of it the the first time the Chiefs won. But now, yeah. like that, you've moved into more of a role as like a full time guy and clearly on that path. Did Did this one mean even a little bit more to you because of your responsibilities?
9: Yeah. Yes, no doubt about it. I think the first one, I I told Coach Reed this uh, last week, I said, hey, uh, the first one, I was trying to make sure I didn't screw anything up. You know, (laughs) I had only been here for about six, seven months and we're in the Super Bowl. And so I think with this one being my year four, uh, I have a little more responsibility, a little more contact with the players and a little bit more part of what Coach asked me to do throughout the week for him. So he's ready to go on Sundays so i think that in doing that i had a much better feel for how the game might flow and little things we needed to do to get the victory and so when it all did play out our way and it was 38-35 i think i was able to look with that school board and know i had an actual role and a pleasure in helping make this that's huge. uh championship team
0: that's so cool man what what do those words super bowl champion mean to you like like this this is the dream this is what everybody wants <laughs> <laughs> you, you've got two now. Yeah. Like you've got, you're going to have a second ring in a moment. Like, What does that mean that for the rest of your life, no matter what, you're described by the word Super Bowl champion?
9: Yeah, I think it's surreal. I mean, I couldn't have pictured this when I first started at Stevenson. I couldn't have pictured this when I first got to Kansas City. It's it's absolutely surreal, and it's a blessing just to be here and work with phenomenal athletes like Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and be able to learn from Andy Reid, Eric bien and those type of guys just because all the knowledge – and the experience that they bring to the table is just so important for a young guy like myself.
0: Yeah, that's the that's the million-dollar question, right, that we have to get to. It's the awkward part. Do, do, do you even have to do any coaching when you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback? I mean, seriously, <laughs> dude. It's it, it, Don't you just say, hey, like, go out there. Fig, I, well, you'll figure it out. <laughs> like, we know you're Patrick Mahomes. Just go out there. Let's not get in your way.
9: Yeah, he, he's one of the most dedicated athletes that I've ever been around from the preparation he puts in from Monday to Saturday. And I think once you hit Sunday, he knows what to do. Sometimes he needs a little reminder here and there about something he already knows about and it'll like pique his interest. But for the most part he he he's pretty good about taking coaching and wanting to be coached. So any little tidbit of information you can give him, he's always ready to listen.
0: Are you okay with us starting the rumor that you were the one that designed the play that worked twice for touchdowns in the Super Bowls? So are you okay if we say... I would, I would say no. I, I would definitely say no on that one. Because <laughs> we were prepared to do it. We were prepared to start saying... This was all on Dan Williams. This is why you need to hire him immediately to be your offensive coordinator. <laughs> no, because that was. He was that, the,
9: that was not me. Was that not, was not me.
0: God, that was something, though, man. Jesus, that was something. Seriously, um, from the standpoint of – I, I want to know what the special sauce is, right? Because on paper, what you guys just did is something that we haven't really seen teams do, which is, you know, you guys moved on from a an all-worldwide receiver. And to take nothing away – like I'm, I hope you don't think that I'm trashing – juju or Kadarius tony or sky Moore, or any of those guys um but it's not yep. on paper that you know that the the 15 20 million dollar wide receivers it's not the guys that are thought of as being the biggest rock stars in the history of football and yet you did it anyway and had this incredible offense and i know it helps to have a travis kelsey i completely get that he's a freak he's unlike anybody else but h- how did you do that how did you buck the trend of you've got to have that type of guy in order to win a super bowl
9: you know, I think I think we as an offensive staff came in, in the offseason once we decided to trade Tyreek to Miami. I think we came in to understand we had to evolve as an offense. Uh, Tyreek was a huge part of our success for those years he was here. And there's no doubt, I think, a uh, first-belt Hall of Famer. Dude is electric. So when you take him out of the offense, you have to adjust and figure out new ways to create space and leverage for your guys. And I think signing Marquez and Juju and then grabbing Kadarius from the Giants and drafting Sky Moore. I think you got different people who can do different things. And once we realized the different type of athletic abilities that these guys all carried, whether they were bigger and stronger or quicker and faster, I think it was just about putting the pieces in the right spots and learning from Coach Reed and Coach B enemy. I think you give the players the tools that they need and then allow them to go make it work. You don't try and define everything for them and just allow them to say, hey, this is your route. You do what you do to get open and be on Pat's timing, and then it'll all make sense. And I think the guys from day one put the work, and I think they were all down in April. Down in April last year, down to Texas for about two weeks before we even started working with Pat and get on the same page with him, and then just carried over through the rest of the OTAs and then through training camp. And I think you were able to see a collective group who wanted to win but worked hard to make sure the details were on point when it came time to do it.
0: Worked out pretty all right. Worked out okay. Man. <laughs> Definitely um, did. The, the The local guy that you've been able to work with, uh, Orlando Brown Jr., right? Who obviously was born here, grew up here, and you know got his first taste of the NFL back here at home. And you know the the Ravens decided to move on from him, and he wanted to play left tackle. That's what he wanted to do. And you know there have been some criticisms. People say, "Well, he's not worth this type of money." Well, you know when he wasn't allowing a sack in a Super Bowl against the team that had. I don't know, what, a billion sacks this season? Um, seems like he was probably worth a lot. Can you take me through what it is that Orlando Brown does for that offense and, and how important he was to the success that you guys were able to find?
9: Yeah, I, I think we were so grateful to get Orlando last year from the Ravens. Um, he is a stud of a young man, even before he steps on the field and you see this massive 300-pound three, uh, left tackle that can just move and put hands on anybody. So he puts the work in in the offseason to make sure he's ready to go for the season, and he's one of the most liked guys in the building. So I think you can only help but root for that kind of player, and then you see him out there going week in and week out and do his best to keep Pat upright. And I think it showed in the Super Bowl that all the time and effort and preparation that he put in, it showed out there being able to be on the O-line to give up no sacks.
0: I mean, it was. Uh, and he let us know about it afterwards. He made sure he let the world know <laughs> after the fact. I don't blame him, man. I don't blame him at all. Uh, all right, so Dan, if I go back, give me the one moment, the the moment from your time in Ste- at Stevenson, whether it was football or unrelated to football, just something that you say. This was a moment I will cherish for the rest of my life. I will take with me this experience that I had.
9: Oh yeah, uh, being the first team in season history to win the MAC championship yeah. in 2016, Yeah, uh, I think that moment with my brothers there is just something that I would take for take forever because the time and effort that we put in just trying to get the program off the ground as that 2014 class that came in, and then seeing it come to fruition with guys like Billy Lewis, Austin Tennessee, Corey Patricic, and then my offensive guys Preston Doe and Devin Salisbury and Nick Jahera, I think it just... That season was awesome, and I think that that's something we talk about to to this day,
0: dude. It was a lot of fun, and again, even though even before you arrived, knowing where that program had come from in such a short amount of time to get to that moment, it was such a joy. It was such a damn joy um dan williams this was a joy man i'm so happy for you and and as you know we're gonna be like you know the rest of your life there's gonna be phone calls coming hey dan you got uh, you got like 100 bucks lying around you can maybe send this way can you help us out a little bit <laughs> like you know hey you, you ready to come back and maybe speak to the guys a little bit like you know that the phone calls are going to continue but uh, i'm so blown away it was an it was a joy it was an honor to call your games when you were a player, man, and it's so much fun. I, you know, selfishly, we hope the Ravens beat your brains in next season, obviously, but
1: <laughs> you, you get it. Understood.
0: For you, just so happy to see you uh, make this rise in your career and be able to call yourself a Super Bowl champion. Congratulations, my friend, and thank you so much for taking the time for us.
9: Glenn, I appreciate you guys having me on. You guys have a blessed day, all right?
0: Thank you, Dan. Dan Williams, former Stevenson quarterback and now assistant coach with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, really appreciate him taking time for us. And the dude was a hell of a player, man. Like, he was a damn good player. I, you know, I get it. It's the D3 level, but I'm telling you, that guy changed things. Like, his arrival went a long way uh, for Stevenson football. And so, uh, just awesome to see how he's risen. His father, Ted, uh, coached in the NFL for years. And as I said, it's been 20 years. You never see that. 20 years. With the Philadelphia Eagles as an assistant. Um, so, just just an awesome story and happy for Dan Williams. And can't wait to see what's next for him. If, like He's a very young age, and he is rising within uh, the world of coaching. And it will not surprise me at all when in the coming years you see Dan Williams getting more opportunities. Next thing is quarterbacks coach. Next thing is that's that's where he's headed. So awesome stuff. Appreciate him taking the time for us this morning here on GCR. Gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. Remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24/7 for free confidential services or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Have we taken our final break or did we we already took we it? We have, yes. Yes. I don't know what's going on with me, man. My brain is all over the place. A lot of people are unhappy with the Would You Rather Wednesday the first scenario. I get it. Guys, I understand. You know how I feel. I I don't know what you want me to do here. Like, this is the way it goes. We play games. I said yesterday we were uh, we were having a meeting here at PressBox, and it's just so much fatigue, and I get it. Like, I understand the fatigue that's setting in. And we still could be a long ways away from really knowing the answer. Yeah. Like, we're going to get some answer in the next two weeks, right? Like, the first, we're going to get By something. March 15th. March 7th. Oh, 7th. Yes, March 7th Mm -hmm. is the tag deadline. Yeah, 15th is when free agency starts. So by 7th, we're going to get the first answer. But even that answer isn't really an answer. Mm -hmm. That answer mostly is just a formality, right? Like, by now, the assumption is it's going to happen. If it doesn't get done, it's because, you know, something else got done that was a definitive answer one way or another, either a trade or a signing. So even when we get the first answer, the likelihood is it's not really an answer and we're just doing all the exact same things. We're having the exact same conversation. And we're already fatigued by it. Like, we're already worn out by it. And I get it. It's our job in in this business to try to make it interesting anyway. Look, man, I don't want Lamar Jackson gone, but there is a world in which Lamar Jackson is gone. Like we have to acknowledge that. I can't pretend like it doesn't exist. You know, John from Little Rock said, uh what did he say? John said he was mad. Wasn't yeah, either one of these instances, and I will no longer support the Ravens. I'm not playing games. John, that's it's aggressive, and I love you. You know I love you. That's my guy. Um fine. I I understand that. I, I can't pretend like it's not something that couldn't happen. It's one thing for me to do this. It's people talk to me about this with would you rather Wednesday all the time. They're like you know, you can only say so many things are games until they're not. Well, okay. I don't just throw out It's a qu- it's a would you rather right. question. like I I I don't know what you want me to say here. You need to sell your soul. I tomorrow on the show, I'm not going to do a segment about like do you think you can date Giselle Boonshin? Obviously you're not going to be dating Giselle Boonshin. Well, not me. Maybe Griffin. I don't know. Yeah. He won a dunk contest. Yeah. He might have that. He might. That's um right. That's right. I, I get it. That's absurd. But typically, the sports scenarios are related to relevant topics. They're like the cousin of a relevant topic. And I, obviously, when sometimes we do this, and I, I criticize people. Like, hey, man, stop it with the, well, what are the cab ramifications? We're just playing a game. Like, stop. We're playing a game. Settle. Settle down. It's okay. It's just a game. Last week, I'm aware that Major League Baseball is not going to be changing the extra inning rule for the playoffs. Now, I'm not saying this to John. I'm just saying this in general. I, I can't pretend like there at this point there isn't a scenario where Lamar Jackson isn't the Baltimore Ravens quarterback next season. It could happen. I'm going to be, trust me, I will have plenty to say. Now, I'm also going to say the same thing. As you know, the part of the reason, if you do come here, part of the reason why you come here is because I'm, I'm going to be practical about it. If they move on from Lamar Jackson it will be a dark moment to me in the history of this franchise it will be unjustifiable but they will still get the right to prove that they know what they're doing this thing where we all try to predict something that's been like kind of what sports media has been based on is brainless you have no idea i have no, we think we have an idea like we think things are, i thought trading anquan bolden in that moment was a really bad idea now, if the Ravens had gone out and picked up two wide receivers, made another run, then, then yeah, you know, what I would, what would I have been forced to say? I was when they drafted Lamar Jackson. My problem was not with Lamar Jackson, but you might remember that night I said I'm not on board with this, and the reason was because I didn't think that coaching staff had earned the right, or that franchise had earned the right to throw the quarterback under the bus, when they had never solved their wide receiver problem. That instead of solving the problem. They were wagging the dog. Well, the problem's the quarterback. Well, as it turns out, we were both kind of right, right? They found an iconic gem of a quarterback that was drastically better than what they had. But they never solved their wide receiver problem either. And it's part of the reason why they didn't win a Super Bowl over the course of the next five years. Let's be frank about that. We all make predictions, but predictions are you know, they're they're assholes, right? Like everybody's got one. It's nonsense. I'm going to react to what I react to. I'm going to tell you if the Ravens move on from Lamar Jackson in any capacity, I'm going to say this is not a good. This is a dark moment yeah. for this franchise. It's a dark moment. But I'm going to say the other thing too. You can already probably go ahead and write the column now. I'm also going to say, but they get the opportunity to prove me wrong. They get the opportunity to prove they can win with Derek Carr or whoever it would be, Tyler Huntley, you know, whoever the quarterback would be, the guy that they draft. They get that opportunity. That's the way this works. I I don't think they will, but, you know, hey, I can be wrong too. I just can't pretend at this point like it's not on the table. John John has Oh yeah we yeah. we I guess I bullied him. John I was I love you. I John you know I love you. I'm not trying to bully you. I promise. But apparently I bullied him into a response for Would You Rather Wednesday.
3: John I love you buddy. He gets the first bird for it maybe. I don't know. It's, 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 he's playing the game. He's playing
0: the rules right. <laughs> I mean we do we pick them at random, Griffin. Yeah, I know. Would but, you please tell me that's not I, by the way Griffin has now been picking the winners for Would You Rather Wednesday. Please tell me it's been at random. It's it not been just at random. been yeah, okay. Yeah. All
3: right. John's that's, got a, John. John's playing the game right. Either.
0: I understand that, but we still no. have to pick the winner at random. Okay, <laughs> that's the way that it works. That's the way these things go. You don't just get to say, "Well, I like John." So, all right, fine. Like he gets the win. We fine, have to pick fine. the winners at random. Sorry, John. Uh, he says, "Give me the criminal Rodgers. <laughs> he would give us the best chance to make a run next year." <laughs> Richardson is not a franchise type, type quarterback. Uh, I mean, some people would have said that about Lamar Jackson. Yeah, exactly. Th- this is the difficult part about yeah. that. Lamar Jackson it was vastly more accomplished than Anthony Richardson is. Like, the easiest thing to say is, to make that comparison, is to say, well, you know, nobody thought Anthony or Lamar Jackson was that guy. Well, that's because they were idiots. Like, the NFL screwed that up. Because the guy that actually played, the skill set that we saw, the accomplishments on the field, that guy should have been valued as a franchise caliber quarterback. The NFL screwed it up because the NFL was still thinking in an archaic way about the quarterback position. The NFL has changed a bit, at least a bit, still not fully, but at least a bit in the years that have followed. And, you know, seeing the success of not only Lamar Jackson, but maybe a Jalen Hurts more recently as well. Justin Fields went, what, number number
8: ten?
0: Yeah, I mean he was a 10, yeah. he was a high draft pick. Um that has changed things a little bit. But the direct comparison between Lamar Jackson and Anthony Richardson, what we had on the table with Lamar Jackson was a vastly more completely skilled quarterback, not just as a runner, but as a thrower too, than what we've seen from Anthony Richardson, which doesn't mean Anthony Richardson can't become that type of player, but the comparison, it's one to make, right? We're like, hey, you know, did we, not everybody thought Lamar Jackson was that guy. Yes, but Lamar had shown us way more already than Anthony Richardson has shown us as a quarterback. Not to say that he doesn't have talent. He's the talent – is definitely there, and you could see why there was going to definitely be a team that's going to say, "Let us get our hands on that. Let us get our hands on that talent and see what we can't produce from it. And maybe he will be the next Jalen Hurts. Maybe that's the Anthony Richardson story. Eleventh overall, by the way. For, I mean, he for was the but he was a top Best half case, yeah. of the first round pick, right? right? Like, and that, despite the fact that running was a significant part of his. I mean, now it's the most significant yeah. part of his game. Like he, but. Despite that, he was a top half of the first round, and that's only in the, the difference of five years, four years, when, right? Because he was the year before, yeah. So four yeah. years from Lamar Jackson to Justin Fields, and it already changed significantly the way the evaluation process worked. All right, let's get a uh, tidbit. Continue to get me your responses. I've got a ton in. Continue to get them to me at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, uh, or Facebook dot com. the Clark breaking Radio.
3: news of the for the for the Ravens, they hired Willie Taggart as the running backs coach.
0: Yeah, there was a story that Willie Taggart was in for like um a consultant type of thing, I think for the I remember that being there being a connection between Willie Taggart and the Ravens before this. And he, I don't remember exactly what the story was. Calbart reports that he's now done the Harbaugh trifecta,
3: played under Jack Harbaugh. Yeah. Or coach, sorry, coached under Jack Harbaugh yeah. in two thousand one with Western Kentucky.
7: Uh-huh.
0: Uh huh. he was a running back's coach at Stanford while Jim with Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh
7: was there. And he but I'm telling him.
0: you, there was something with Willie like maybe they just brought him in to get to pick his brain or something like that. Willie Taggart before now had some at some point been in the Ravens orbit in some some capacity. I will figure it out. Right. Meantime, you'll give us a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today. By the print issue of Pressbox, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox or read it all at Pressboxonline.com. Gunnar Henderson is on the cover. Go get it right. Man. All, all right. right. That was a hiccup. <laughs>
3: Hey, I, was, I wasn't sure if I muted your mic by accident. Go,
0: go, go. do the
3: Uh, so I saw this one. Uh, this was going around like I think last week or the week before, but it's about uh about uh, Rugnet Odor. He is the only player in MLB history to have uh, multiple seasons of thirty or more home runs and negative WAR. Um, it's twenty seventeen to twenty nineteen.
0: That's, that's interesting. Yes. I guess I don't know. He
3: had uh it, he had the lowest. It's OPS weird that the uh,
0: the XFL team uh, named themselves the what is it the the. Is it the Dallas Roughnecks? Is that the what they name themselves? The Brahmas? Those? Is that what you're? No, 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 no. The Brahmas is. A oh, the team. Roughnecks. Thank you, thank you, Griffin. All nice. over it.
3: <laughs> Just keep the Roughnecks. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: They're, Arlington. Yeah. Who is it? Who's the is Houston? It? Yeah, the Houston, Houston. Roughnecks. Are there three XFL teams in Texas? Arlington. Are they the Brahmas? I don't know. I Who, don't, who's the Brahmas? How would I possibly know this, Griffin? I don't know. It's XFL. It's professional football.
3: Do your thing. Uh, So it's the the lowest. It is the Houston. It
0: is the Houston Rugneds, by the way. The The Arlington Renegades and the San Antonio Brahmas. Mm, There it is. Literally, about half of the league is based in Texas. A lot of football down there. That is true. You're not big stadiums,
3: Phil. It's true. Um, So lowest OPS plus in a 30 home run season. He had sixty a 63 OPS plus in 2017. Also the lowest OPS uh, in in a season 649 and the only player to ever have a sub-400 slugging percentage.
0: What, what, the guy punched uh, Jose Batista What yeah, do you want no. from the guy? <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, yeah, so I just saw that going around. But so it did make me want to flip the question and then see if you could name uh, the players with the highest OPS in a 30-plus home run season, which I guess technically is just going to be the highest OPSs ever. The highest um, OPS. Th- there's three guys that have the top 12 seasons you name those three guys? Then I guess we'll round it out. The, to the highest OPS six. in a... 30 or pl- 30 more home run season.
0: In a 30 or more home run season. Yeah.
3: Which would be just about it. Mike
0: Trout. Not Mike Trout. It seems surprising, doesn't it? Mm. Um, I'll still say Barry Bonds. Yes. Barry Bonds yeah. has
3: four of these 12 seasons. Uh, yeah, that makes one, sense. 2004,
0: 1.422 OPS. I mean, they, when he wasn't hitting a home run, he was getting walked. I mean, yeah. It was... A miracle he didn't bat 600 that season. Um,
3: Highest uh, OPS. Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. He has uh, six of these 12 seasons.
0: I feel like I was mistakenly trying to go with a more complete player when right. the truth is these are just going to be all guys that got walked a ton because they were sluggers. 1.379 in
3: 1920 for Babe Ruth. Third best season. Uh, Jim Thome. Not Jim Thome. Mark McGuire. Mark McGuire is in the top six, but he is not in that top three that I was talking, for, talking about. But yeah, Mark McGuire in 2000. 1. Is he on 2- the list or not, yeah, Griffin? He is. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Jeff Bagwell. Jeff Bagwell is just outside of my top six, a so 1.201 in 94. Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas also just outside in that same season,
0: 1994, 1.217. <sighs> I don't know, man. I just don't know what would make someone else specifically on this list. That's the problem that I'm having. Um, all right, are, are, are we, should I be thinking more modern or more? More, yeah, definitely more Okay, not modern. Ted Williams.
3: Ted Williams on this, uh, he's in the top 12 twice. Uh, 1941 had the highest, 1.287 OPS. How about Roger Maris? Uh, incorrect Roger.
7: Rogers Hornsby? Rogers Hornsby.
3: It's I guess Rogers. roger technically a Roger, yeah, Rogers, is a Rogers. Rogers. Uh Yeah, he is fourth Hornsby, fourth player on this list. So you got one more, fifth guy on the list. And I can't believe I didn't say Aaron Judge. It's not Aaron Judge. It is not Aaron Judge, But it's somebody that's older? Mm, yes, yes it is. It is a Yankee. Lou Gehrig. Lou Gehrig. All right. 1.240 uh, in 1927. This is a very difficult, specific list to get yeah. to.
0: It's a very, just the specifics of it are tough to, to come up with. But uh, there you go. There, yeah. There's that. I got that going.
3: Nice, nice ball players.
0: Nice. Yes, I agree with all of that. <laughs> not be- Rufneto Beautiful gowns. No, yeah, Tor did not make the list. But he does have an XFL team named after him, so he's got that going for him. All right. Uh, hey, gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. Remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1 800 gambler 24 7 or visit helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services tubular brought to you by your local toyota dealer buyatoyota.com the toyota tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new tacomas from your local toyota dealer today maryland hosts minnesota tonight at seven o'clock on big 10 network um, a lot of local hoops tonight. I will be at Loyola for Loyola Holy Cross. Gary Lambrecht and I will have that for you on ESPN Plus. UMass Lowell, UMBC on ESPN Plus at seven. Navy and American at seven on ESPN Plus as well. CIAA, CIAA tournament throughout the day. Throughout the day, games already underway uh, at CFG Bank Arena, and all of them are on ESPN Plus. I believe Bowie State might be in action. I guess not. I guess that's tomorrow. Bowie State will be in action in the CIAA tournament. The PLL Championship Series. This is the Sixes event from the the top, I think, four teams from the PLL last year. The teams that made the semifinals are participating in this thing. Again, it's big for lacrosse because they're trying to push Sixes for the Olympics. So this is a big event for them. The PLL Championship Series down in D.C., at the St. James, uh, Croman Archers at 7.30 on ESPN+. Plus. Actually, one of the games, uh, Whipsnakes and Atlas at 5.30 on ESPN2 Ooh. as well, if you want to check that out. Uh, all the rest of the college basketball, find it at glennclarkradio.com. The U.S. women take on Brazil tonight at 7 on TNT in the She Believes Cup then Black Hawk stars at 9.30. Champions League again this afternoon on Paramount+, Plus. Manchester City and RB Leipzig and Inter Milan FC Porto, both at 3 o'clock. I believe one of those games is on uh, CBS as well, but for some reason I didn't acknowledge that when I posted uh, Totally Tubular, so I'm a big silly. It is the RB Leipzig-Manchester City match. I don't even know what RB Leipzig is, but they are on... Uh, uh, Bundesliga if you say so yeah. I believe you I don't have any reason to doubt it TBS for AW Dynamite tonight at 8 some non-sports highlights
3: uh, a couple things in the episode obviously the Wu-Tang American Saga ah, show uh, enjoy that. Bad Batch of course on Disney Plus there's also a Voices Rising doing like background music in Wakanda Forever from Black Panther which is very good My, I, I love the score for I that I disagree with that uh, and then the sixth and final season of Snowfall is on FX uh, that premieres tonight at ten. Uh, Kerry Russell, along with Logic, will be on Jimmy Kimmel tonight. Logic has a new album coming out Friday, called and, and he's
0: from College Park. Yeah, right? it's yeah. called
3: the album is called College Park.
0: Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, anything else? Uh, those are the highlights. What was the name of the, the suicide song that uh, Logic did that everybody? One eight hundred. I know it was the phone number, but I don't remember what the phone number was. One eight hundred. Oh God, now I feel awful. Yeah, I know. I I liked that. I thought it was a good song. I feel like people treated him as just being really corny. Yeah, that was kind of. But I like, think. I I don't know. I don't care enough about that culture for that to matter to me. Like that's the the nice part about being where I am as a forty year old man. One eight hundred two seven three eight two five. I I I like the song. I didn't not just because of the message. I thought it was a a good song. It yeah, had obviously a great message as yeah. well. But I liked I liked Logic a lot when I was
3: in high school, and then
0: yeah, he's still gets, around. He the, gets treated. He gets treated very in a very like you're a cornball yeah, like almost yeah. sort of like uh the like kind of like the little i feel like almost little dicky actually has more street cred than logic <laughs> does which is weird because like yeah. he's definitely I, a cornball i don't know I, very yeah. strange thing all right uh don't forget pressboxonline.com slash offers for all of the best offers including two hundred dollars in free bets when you sign up with DraftKings and make your first five dollar bet but you got to click on the link pressboxonline.com slash offers Thanks today to Dan Williams, thanks to Mike DeCourcy from Big Ten Network, thanks to Shy Sellers after Maryland's big win over Iowa last night. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hit section of the Oh my god, it's so good. Tab at and tomorrow on the program, uh we should be able to catch up with Evan Drellich. Okay. Yes. Um the uh, national baseball writer for the Athletic who's got the uh, new book out, uh, Winning at All Costs about the Houston Astros and mm. stuff and things. Or winning fixes everything. Winning fixes everything. Yes. That's what it stuff was. Stuff and things. Stuff and things. i got to read more of that book tonight. I sort of paused because I didn't know when we were having them right. on. got to dig back in. I mean, I've been reading it. I just need to get back into it. Uh, maybe a draft segment tomorrow? Yeah, that would be a good Let's idea. Let's try to do that. Let's try to, Let's do, try that, to yeah. do that. Very good. Thanks, everybody, at PressBox. All of our great sponsors and partners, including the Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Maryland Jockey Club, Great Aids Memorabilia, Maryland Vascular Specialist, Birdland Sports. Don't forget, get your responses throughout the day. Facebook or Twitter, at Glenn Clark Radio for Would You Rather Wednesday. Somebody is winning a free T-shirt from BirdlandSports.com, and they're awesome. I this is a, such a cool thing that we're doing uh, with the Birdland Sports. Get your T-shirt again, BirdlandSports.com. But you got to respond at Would You Rather Wednesday, or no, at Glenn Clark Radio for Would You Rather Wednesday. Yes. My mouth. And, Correct. I, I'm I'm out here. My mouth's out here. My brain's somewhere back here. I got to get them together. All right. Thanks to uh, your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com as well. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday evening. Go Terps. Go Loyola. Go UMBC. Go Navy. Duke sucks.